the blast from our past network. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Cyborg, stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, Deborah Richter, and Vincent Klein. Welcome to another pants-splitting episode of Podcasting After Dark. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We are talking about the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic Cyborg. (laughs) Come on, Cyborg. And and the reason Zach and I are laughing is because uh, maybe I'll release them one day as like a special feature, but uh, we always have this conversation of like how we're going to how I'm going to like open the episode, you know, and it's like, should we like high flying? Is it splits? Like, you know, somehow tie, tie it into the, the movie. And, and we landed on uh, pants splitting this time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, uh, you know, he must have, he truly, he should have his own Jean-Claude Van Damme action pants like Chuck Norris does because oh, uh, he's the master of the split pants. Dude, I remember seeing ads for those Chuck Norris pants, man. They... Time has not been kind to them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I wanted those personally. uh, And and second of all, my first band was called Chuck Norris Action Pants. And we used to, (laughs) I used to, before the days of Photoshop, I used to like cut out pictures of the guys in the band and put them on the face of Chuck Norris in different action poses like Invasion USA or Missing in Action. I thought th- I thought it was a great name, Chuck Norris Action Pants. I think that is actually a fantastic name for a band. And <laughs> knowing what I know about you, that makes complete <laughs> sense that you would love that. You are a huge Chuck Norris fan. Although I don't think we've had too many opportunities to for you to really, you know, shout that from the mountaintop on this podcast. We haven't really done any Chuck Norris stuff and we haven't really done any Chuck Norris adjacent movie until sort of now and i only say that because albert pune uh originally wanted this movie to be a little bit different he wanted it to be um about a national guardsman trying to make his way home in the apocalypse like during the apocalypse and he based it on like a character like chuck norris Uh, so that's why i say it's kind of sort of chuck norris adjacent uh but up until this point yeah zach you're you're a big chuck norris fan and obviously you're also a big jean-claude van damme fan but what what uh what's your favorite chuck norris movie would you say well yeah, I mean, I am a martial arts fan in general. Uh, martial martial art movies are like one of my favorite genres of all the times. But Chuck Norris was like, Bruce Lee was the first influence on me martial arts wise. But Chuck Norris was the first one I would see on a regular basis. And I would say my favorite, though it doesn't hold up as well as some of his other ones, would be Lone Wolf McQuaid. That's my favorite Chuck Norris movie of all time, with a close second of Invasion USA, which may find its way onto podcasting after dark, because, uh, <laughs> fun fact, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, nice. I, I'm, I'm sure Diallo, if, if Diallo's listening to this, he'll be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. But it, it takes... But I'll I'll save it for when we do the movie, but it is a Christmas movie. Uh, But yeah, I'm a huge Chuck Norris fan, huge martial arts fan. So when Jean-Claude Van Damme popped on the scene in the late 80s with Bloodsport, well, um, No Retreat, No Surrender, 
in later Bloodsport, I was just blown away. So when you suggested doing a Van Damme movie for our podcast, I said, I was curious as to see which movie you chose. And when you chose Cyborg, my um, 13 year old in me, that's when I saw this movie, got super excited. I got so pumped up. I'm like, yeah, I haven't watched Cyborg since I was a kid. Then I watched it now. (laughs) (laughs) Dramatic pause. (laughs) And so I have some really strong feelings about this movie. But yeah, I I mean, whether it's Chuck Norris, uh, JCVD, whether it's lesser known dudes like Thomas Ian Griffith. I love the martial arts genre. Brandon Lee, rest in peace. Uh, was originally like more slated to be more of a martial arts actor and then wanted to go more dramatic route. Damn, that would have been, a, that's a terrible loss. But uh, yeah, I know. And yeah, know? I, I love Brandley. I love The Crow. I even Me would too. watch some of his other stuff like Laser Mission or whatever the heck that was. Have you ever seen Rapid Fire? Yes, I've seen that. Yep. Yep. Okay. That to me is like, that was such a great vehicle for action, but he obviously didn't want to do that. And you know, yeah. Showdown in Little Tokyo. and <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you brought it up, um, you know, that you saw this when you were 13. So that yeah. was your first, I guess, experience with Cyborg. And did was it in a heavy rotation when you were growing up? Well, it's funny because, because we're podcasting After Dark, the movies that our parents didn't want us to see. I would now like to add a caveat to that and say, Unless you're Zach's mom, because my mom (laughs) took me to every single horror, sci-fi, action, shoot-em-up, whatever that I wanted to see uh, around this time. So 89, I was 13. I saw this movie in the theater with my mom. Uh, I loved it as a kid. And yeah, I think when it came out on video for purchase from Suncoast, I did buy it and would watch it every few years yeah uh and then for at some point i just stopped watching it and i think i know now why (laughs) (laughs) oh man tipping your hat a little bit (laughs) well i would always say that uh the acting ability for of jcvd in this in this is the best out of all the actors in the movie so that's just giving you an idea of how bad the acting might be in this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's not great. <laughs> Let me put no. that out there. It's not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's funny to me. I uh, I had I had the opposite experience growing up. You know, as someone who listens to this podcast knows, you know, or probably knows about both of us. Your mom was the one that that took you to all the crazy movies. My dad was the one that took me to you know see RoboCop when I was like nice. nine, and I saw a Man Melt on screen, and and I saw Aliens <laughs> when I was like eight in the theater, and I remember that movie was just terrifying. But I yeah, it created a love for that franchise for me though, you know, and and Cyborg. Cyborg, I, you know, I discovered, I didn't see it in the theater. I don't think my dad and I saw it in the theater. I don't think, honestly, to be truthful with you, my dad seemed to, I don't recall watching a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies with my dad. Uh, And to that extent, I didn't watch a lot of, like, Chuck Norris movies. My dad was, I I think, more of, like, the lethal weapon kind of guy. He likes more gunplay than he did you know, <laughs> punching and kicking. I th- I think I don't want I don't want to speak speak for the man, but that's kind of like what uh, my my childhood sort of informs me. Um, I watched this a lot on video, especially with my buddy Luke. Of course, every episode, shout out to Luke, um, Luke, 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 <laughs> because 
I love post-apocalyptic movies, and I, I love Mad Max. I love, to an extent, I even, and as I've gotten older, I realize zombie movies are technically post-apocalyptic movies, especially zombie oh, movies that totally. take place on a, yeah, like a wide scale, right? Like Day of the Dead yep. is, is a post-apocalyptic movie. Absolutely. Yeah, and so this kind of filled my Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, desire and, and needs, and I, of course, I watched Bloodsport. I watched pretty much everything, but I probably watched this first on the most rotation, then Bloodsport, and then later when Hard Target came out, I just went fully into Hard Target because I was a huge <laughs> John Woo fan when I was, you know, what, or in the early 90s is when all the Hard Boiled yeah. and The Killer came out. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, JCVD... Um, yeah, is he a great actor? No, but are most martial artists great actors? No, but he kind of splashed on the scene with Bloodsport was his big movie. That was one of the most influential martial art movies to me as a kid. It's it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing karate. I was heavily into karate, karate kid as well, but but JCVD like he had such a uh such a cool look and he was like a he was he was like a he was like a human Ken doll that could kick. Like he was just this super good looking muscle bound dude from Brussels. And I think like his acting obviously held him back and also his reputation offset. Uh, He was a little bit of a prima donna, right? Offset kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I did an interview with Richard Norton uh, on a, on my other podcast, $2 late fee. Nice plug. And he's, (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, he, he, uh, (laughs) he off air, he said, you know, he's like, look, I'm on screen. People look at me. Uh, they idolize me, and I understand that, and and I appreciate that. So I want to honor and respect that. That's why he lives his life in his way to a high standard. Like he wants to be a good person, uh, so that people look at him and go, "Yeah, he is a good guy." Right? That's cool. I I totally respect that. He's like Jean Claude had that opportunity to be like a role model to kids. And because kids looked up to him to, you know, to eat health, to do all the right things, say your prayers and all that shit. But he did it. He was like, apparently, you know, just got way too much into the drogas and, uh, and was, you know, had all his aspirations and just wanting to be the biggest thing in the world, which, hey, it, it is what it is. I, I find, and this is a weird side tangent, but I, I have some friends that the pursuit of money is the only pursuit and then they kind of sometimes yeah. uh, uh it doesn't quite i don't want to say it doesn't work out but i i kind of my experience in life is that you can't have the pursuit of money be the end goal like i i think the pursuit of something valuable should be the end goal and i believe this is just my personal belief is that yeah. you know energies in the universe yada 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 whatever you want to call it kind of line things up for you and and make sure they take care of what you're supposed to be doing um totally. and and so you're you should be doing what you're supposed to be doing and i think this ties into like you said jean-claude van damme and i think that's what like why some of these other actors who are just you know quote unquote you hear that how good people they are like keanu reeves how he's just a great guy and he's still yeah. working to this day and yep. i think that some people just have to discover that for themselves especially like on a movie set man you're you're working in on a movie for what like six weeks you know i mean it's it's like 15 18 hours a day you're with these people like all the time if they're an a-hole it's only going to be a matter a matter of time no matter how much talent they have that people just don't want to work with them anymore and it yeah. just you know you just kind of push them away a little bit totally to to like kind of piggyback on what you said and not to get too kind of drug-induced uh you know 
metaphysically out there. But this idea that, you know, money is not a living thing. It's it's a it's a dead thing if you think about it. And 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 human interaction, that's living, right? And symbiosis like creating things that will will grow from one another you want to be a you want to be more connected to the things that live versus the things that are dead in my opinion yeah i i think this is pretty awesome you know thing but but yeah like jean-claude he had everything and then just kind of you know faded away but it turns out like he's a, apparently he's a super huge animal lover and he's turned his life around now in a good way. And apparently he's like a really good dude now. But back in the day, back when he was the height of his career, you know, he was not. And honestly, not not to lie, like that's what makes me love Jean-Claude Van Damme more now than I did way back in the day. Yeah, and I was a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. And me too. I'm a firm believer that everyone has the opportunity to evolve. Everyone has the yeah. opportunity to change. Um, you, you, you know, yes, you can be an a-hole in the past, but you can turn that around. That's literally the reason we're on this planet, you know, earth totally. is to, is to yeah. evolve as, as, you know, creatures. And to hear that, you know, he took his, his lessons and actually has turned his life around. I think that's awesome that makes me honestly love him that much more that he could have that kind of like self-awareness over the amount of years but to to bring it back into like a more positive upbeat side of things i do want to address the fact that you know like if you grew up in the 80s and the early 90s and everything and you liked these kind of movies obviously you knew who jean-claude van damme was uh he personally was my favorite action guy of kung fu style action you know versus like chuck norris and stuff and because bruce lee was already passed away by that point by the time yeah. i was sort of getting into these things so jean-claude van damme was my uh kung fu action star wars i probably also leaned a little bit more towards you know lethal weapon for and die hard for like my shoot 'em up stuff but i find it interesting interesting that we all can have different Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that are our favorites and yet still like we all it's all under this umbrella of loving Jean-Claude Van Damme but it's like you're like yeah Bloodsport's my favorite and I know our buddy Jeff like Bloodsport's his favorite and I'm like I'm much more you know cyborg and hard target and stuff but it's it's cool because we can all be like but the the connective tissue is that we all love Jean-Claude Van Damme and I think it's just his chemistry he was yeah, it's the funny thing is, I could even now, and even when I was younger, knowing now what I know, but even when I was younger, I think I could sort of tell that he was an asshole offset. Like you can sort of just tell, <laughs> but for yeah. some reason, that enhanced his mythos to me. And I, okay. I say that as someone who's not a fan of a holes, you know, of real life a holes. <laughs> um, but for some reason, for some reason, it. It worked for Jean-Claude Van Damme for me because it helped – it kind of put him on this extra this this extra high pedestal for me. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to break down like why we as a, as a culture loved <laughs> – fell in love with the muscles from Brussels, you know? I think he has uh, – there, there was like a – there was a subtleness to him and, and a uniqueness too. He didn't really look like anybody else. Uh, I know he kind of idolized Arnold Schwarzenegger. And but he he was not Arnold. He was told he was his own self. So, yeah. uh, you know, fun fact about him. I met uh, one, one of his best friends at a uh, signing for Lionheart, a, a Blu-ray signing for Lionheart. That you and, and I went to that, buddy. That was we were in Burbank. I went to I dude. went there with you <laughs> and I've never even seen Lionheart before. Yeah. Well, you don't necessarily need to. But I will say that 
Yeah, as you know, yeah, we were there together. And he told that great story about Jean-Claude and him coming to the States for the first time. And that's all they wanted was to be like the the next big thing. And he made it. He made it. He made it. He did. You know, and he so uh, Cyborg was was this his, his second like big because it's not his second movie of all time. He had done a couple movies before this, but this was like his second big movie. Right. His second yeah. lead actor movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. Um, it was, you know, it was clearly it was way before Double Team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I know, right? Remember that movie with uh, what's his name? <laughs> with with Dennis Rodman? Yep. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. So, so there Cyborg, was like heroin in jeans or something. It was terrible. Yeah. So, so Cyborg um, came. It goes Bloodsport. Uh, Black Eagle and then Cyborg. I've actually never seen Black Eagle. Um, and then he did Kickboxer, then Lionheart, then Death Warrant, then Double Impact, Universal Soldier. That was another one. I was actually a, a big Universal Soldier guy. Yes. I I very much enjoyed that one. You, you can you guys kind of know by now what my spin is. I like the sci-fi stuff, so <laughs> I like well, Cyborg. I liked Universal Soldier, but like giving the two. You know, like which one I was gonna do for this movie because actually I was also leaning towards Hard Target, uh, but that comes that's a little bit later. Um, I was I was maybe gonna do Universal Soldier, but now I was like, no, uh, Cyborg has much more of nostalgia in in my heart. Which hey, uh, and as we've discovered a lot of times before, nostalgia <laughs> is a hell of a drug. <laughs> well, I, I I was just I was just telling somebody uh, right before we recorded how. Uh, they asked what I was doing today, and I told them, and I said, and they said, oh, is are you a fan of that movie? And I said, well, here's the funny thing. Uh, yeah, being a kid, I looking back and thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah, it was amazing. And then watching it now going, oh, my gosh, I'll save this for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought <laughs> <but> too. <laughs> I will say, I will say uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, one of his first movies he ever did was called No Retreat, No Surrender. I think that might have been his, his first, like, uh, a co-starring role or what he was a villain in that. And he's a villain in black Eagle as well, uh, which is, I think that probably was shot before Bloodsport. Anyways, um, no retreat, no surrender. If you're a fan of martial arts movies, you should definitely check out. Um, but yeah, cyborg. Uh, I can't wait to just jump into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's start uh, breaking down the cast a little bit, and you know some of the the backstory before we get into it. Um, but it's yeah. directed by Albert Pune, who we talked to when we did our Tom Matthews interview on Patreon. Check it out. <laughs> uh, uh, so good. Yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, Tom Matthews worked a lot with Albert Pune on some other movies, and he's you know he he's a director. He's known for some canon films and everything. I'm honestly not as familiar with his work as you were. You got more excited about Albert, you know, about oh, talking yeah. about Albert Pune with with uh, Tom Matthews than I did. I'm I'm more like Cyborg is kind of my movie that I know him from, um, although I do know of his 1990 Captain America film. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I'm, uh, a, I'm a huge fan of the Pune. I'm a huge yeah, fan no, of Yeah, so I was going to say, so give us, some, <laughs> give us some Pune love because I can't do it justice. Well, you know, it's, it's funny watching this uh, now. He, he has a very specific aesthetic like Sean Cunningham did with uh, New Kids where you look at a movie and you go, oh, this is a, this is a Pune film. He loves his post-apocalyptic... Uh, sci-fi films and he did doll man which 
let's be honest, it's not very good. Uh, but again, that holds a nostalgic place in my heart because it's a full moon movie. He made, uh, and Dollman is like this post-apocalyptic sort of sci-fi. It's definitely sci-fi. Uh, cheesy, over-the-top, uh, fun characters throughout. And he also made a movie called Nemesis, which I'm a huge fan of. I feel like Nemesis, in a way, is a prequel to Cyborg. Uh, intentionally or not intentionally, I don't know. But that movie also stars a uh, martial artist named Olivier Gruner, or Gruner, yeah. Anyways, uh, that movie's really good. I remember Nemesis. I, I, whew, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the cover. I totally remember the cover. It actually has a beautiful, beautiful cover. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's it's good. Kerry Tagawa is in it. Nice. Uh, yeah, but Al- Olivier Gruner. He to me, I'm looking at him now, and I remember watching Cyb- uh, Nemesis, and I remember seeing him. And the problem I had with that movie is that he just didn't do it for me as the main lead. <laughs> well, he's not, I mean, he's not a, again, he's not that great of an actor, um, but he, he looks good on camera and he's a great martial artist. So I think, you know, those two things negate the third, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but that movie, what that movie has going for it that I don't necessarily think cyborg does is a supporting cast. That is pretty tremendous. Like Tim Thomerson, Tom Matthews, uh, Carrie Tagawa and but this that movie and this movie and Dollman all share one connection and it's not Tim Thomerson who I'm a huge fan of or Tom Matthews it's the name Brick Bardo okay and we'll get to that later we'll get to that okay. later okay <laughs> okay all right I, I'm excited because I actually don't know what that is so I'm, I'm okay cool and and just to just to finish up on Albert, um, yeah. If you haven't listened to the Tom Matthews interview and you're not a Patreon subscriber, you should uh, simply for one of the stories that Tom tells about Albert Pune. It's it's a really heartfelt story and one that I don't necessarily think has been shared anywhere else because I don't necessarily think it's uh, public knowledge, but it's a it's a good story nevertheless. And he talks about his connection with Albert. You should definitely check it out. So if you haven't, that's another little cheap plug. If you haven't signed up for the Patreon, please do so because uh, Corey and I had a great time interviewing him, and it's a it's a it's a great hour long chat. Yeah, I I didn't know that it was going to go in an Albert Pune direction in the interview. No, and neither Tom did Matthews I. Matthews just has a, <laughs> a ton of love for him, so it's it's really cool. Before we jump into the cast and crew and everything, uh, this was also written by Albert Pune under his uh, handle. I forgot that it's the it's the name of his cat. It was the name of his cat uh, at the time, and that's the the female name that it's written by. It's actually Kitty Kitty Chalmers. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's um. Chalmers. That's Albert Pune. Uh, that's his cat's name. Um, but this movie was um, the locations and the 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 set design, like the art direction and the costumes, all came from the ill-fated Masters of the Universe two movie that never got off the ground that Canon was trying to launch. Um, the locations yeah. were mostly North Carolina, they said. And I think that kind of explains why, and as a kid, I always wondered why, but why Fender has such a an interesting outfit. I think that uh, that probably comes from the Masters mm. of the Universe like influence. Um, well, apparently, I, I he's nowhere... wearing Blades chainmail. Yeah, I thought it was apparently, really cool. 
that the so blade in in masters of the universe uh that that's one of the characters that was made for that movie he's wearing the chainmail that that character wore in the movie which is a really and i did i could have sworn i spotted he-man's sword in the the beginning of the movie oh uh, in one of the like the pawn shop or something like yeah there's a a skeleton hand holding a sword and i swear to god dude i'm like i don't know for a fact it is but i'm thinking what a hilarious little connection that would have been i i wouldn't be surprised if that is a little easter egg in there i truthfully but um i i I had no idea about that growing up as a as a kid um me neither and it never it never took off the ground and i think some of the sets were also going to be used for the canon films amazing spider-man movie that also never got off the ground and sort of paved the way for uh sony getting you know spider-man the spider-man license and everything but we were originally going to have a canon spider-man film at one point really Okay, because yeah. I will say that the, the the set itself does look like New York uh, or areas. It could it, it 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 could be New York. Areas of it do look like it could have been New York. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it all kind of like the pieces together now in my head. I'm like, oh, okay, I see these <laughs> these influences, but uh, nowhere that I could tell was any of the script or the story influencing it. Um, Albert Pune on the Shout Factory Blu-ray, which is what I watched. Uh, he talks about having to write the script super fast, and actually, that's <laughs> all the characters' names are uh, guitar companies. So Jean Claude Van Damme's name yeah. is Gibson. Uh, her name is uh, Natty, I think, and um, and yep. Fender, of course, the main bad guy's Fender. So he said all the characters have guitar names because he had to write the the story super super fast. And uh, the, and, the, and the, there's the, a I, dude named Bass. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the Shaw Factory, the Blu-ray has uh, I only got a chance to watch like the 30-minute like sort of retrospective, you know, talking to everybody, Albert Pune and everything, but right there, that 30 minutes opened my eyes to so much more information about this movie than I I'd never had before. I think it was definitely worth purchasing. It's it's a and it's a great transfer and we're not getting paid by Shaw Factory at all. This is just a personal, no. you know, recommendation. If you like this movie, it's worth picking up for sure. Yeah, this this movie I would I would put in the category of watch with your buddies and laugh your ass off and goof on it yeah. uh, from beginning to end. But the documentary itself, for an for informative purposes, is great. Just from like, I don't know if you're a fan of nostalgia. You know what happened to these people? Where are they now? Like what? what that's that in itself is fun. It's twenty some odd bucks. Uh, I don't know. It's worth picking up. If you're if you're listening to this, and if you are listening to this, you know that these are the movies you kind of love. So yeah, yeah, check it out. I, I, I'm fairly certain you're gonna listen to this and and have already seen the movie. This is gonna just yeah. validate whether it's worth the purchase or or not. You know, who knows? Oh, <laughs> we'll see when we get man. to the end of this. Um, I know, I'm sorry. Let's uh, <laughs> let's break down a couple of the you know the famous. Uh, it's mostly like you know stunt people in this and you know martial yeah. arts actors, but uh, you know. Top of the list, we got Jean-Claude Van Damme. We don't need to do any fan service for him. We all know who he is. But uh, Natty was played by Deborah Richter. She's the lady that uh, he picks up, you know, on his quest uh, across country or to to, to Atlanta. Um I, I mean, I didn't know her from anything but this, but she's she was on like Hill Street Blues for like five years. Uh, she, you know, she was in all kinds of stuff like that back in the day. I don't think she's doing too much these days. Um, no, I don't think she is. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just realized another character. Uh, yeah, there's uh, it, it, when you go down this list, by the way, every major character is named after some sort of musical. It's not just guitars. There's also drum references as well. Uh, oh, he must have run out of guitar Marshall, Marshall and Pearl. Like, dude, Pearl's a drum company and <laughs> bass and oh, whatever. Okay. Um, the main bad guy, Fender, is played by Vincent Klein, who we all know as War Child from Point Blank. Jesus, Point Blank. Point <laughs> Break. Guys, it's 930 in the morning. <laughs> I'm awake, but yeah. Come on. Uh, come on, Point Blank. Come on, Point Blank. That was that was another movie. Um, but yeah, so Fender, is uh, he was War Child in Point Break, uh, which was, you know, he was great. I... But I know him from this. Uh, honestly, I probably watched Cyborg more than Point Break growing up, and wow. he wow. will always be Fender to me. Did did he do anything else after that? Did Double Dragon? <laughs> do, you, oh, do you remember that okay. movie? I have that on Blu-ray. <laughs> do you? Well, I you know honestly, okay, uh, Double Dragon, quite possibly better than Cyborg. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, I don't even know how to process that, but um, he was uh, oh, he was he also was in, on a yeah. show that I loved, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Oh, that's a great TV show. He was on one episode as Utah Johnny Montana was his name, but yes, I used to love that. And he was uh, he was in Dollman, bro. He was in Dollman yeah. after yeah Point Break and Nemesis. So obviously, he has a relationship with Albert Pune. Albert yeah. likes to read. He likes to use the same actors for his movies, which is I fully respect that. That's awesome. I do too. And I mean, Vincent Klein, he's got such a unique look. I think he was. Um, I think he's a, a New Zealander that grew up in Hawaii as a surfer. So he's got a, just a very unique look about him. And then they gave him those blue contacts in this movie, and that just yeah, it's such an interesting thing that they did, but really propelled his his villainous to the to another level like he was he was cool i thought he was he was probably my one of my favorite parts of the movie was was fender as as ridiculous as that character was yeah yeah he has a really cool look um the sunglasses were always off-putting to me i always wish he just took the sunglasses off more often because i think he lo- i thought he looked cooler with them off uh, yes, agreed. Um, I will say this. I think he had to leave them on because uh, apparently when he was talking on that interview thing, uh, they only had two pairs and he quickly lost one of the pairs like during the fight. And so I think they minimized uh, how, how many you know uh, times he would have to like reveal those contacts. And I think they were just trying to save them for, for the fight scene at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but true. Like, you know, oh, it's hilarious, dude. And we only have two. Yeah. Weren't we, what movie was it that we were talking about where the actress had a bat and they broke the bat uh, on a take and oh, then they... hardware, another, another, hardware. that's right. That's right. And you were like, you were like, why don't they just have a, a third bat? Like what's the, yeah. their budget is so low that they only have a budget for two bats. And, uh, and so, yeah, they only You're had a budget in this for for two two pets pairs of contacts for you're for poor, using uh, a set that's already been built i heard right i wrote read one of the fun facts that they paid jean-claude half a million dollars for this movie or something like that and and the budget itself i think was like eight hundred thousand or something so <laughs> i don't know man i don't know but yeah oh. i mean i agree it would have been cooler if he took his glasses off more frequently <laughs> but that okay sure but that makes sense oh uh, and then uh <laughs> 
uh, Dale, <laughs> her her name is Dale D A Y L E um, Hayden. Uh, she yeah. played Pearl, the the titular cyborg, the drum, yeah, the drum head. Yeah, the Pearl. the weird big eyes when she's when she's like that CG, oh not CGI God, but that stop motion thing. Ofa, ofa. <laughs> Albert Pugh loves his stop motion though. He there's he's got a lot of like he's got a lot of loves. Yeah, he does. And uh, and did the and Terry Batson played Mary. Uh, I don't really know her from much either. She was more of I think a a cover model. Um, she's the lady the, the from the flashbacks that Jean Claude Van Damme's character is in love with. Um, and then the rest of of the movie is it's kind of like action actiony stuntman guys like guys yeah. that you would see in Conan the Barbarian like Ralph Moeller uh you've seen him like a million different places he was that big guy that gets stabbed in the sewers uh, you know you see he's always fighting you know uh, Sylvester Stallone in a movie or he's fighting you know Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie that kind of guy well he he played uh he played Brick Bardo and and that's the only reason I point that out is this was the this was the first of at least 3 or 4 times uh, Albert Pugh used the name Brick Bardo in one of his movies. Okay. <laughs> so wait, wh- uh, who was he? Who who was he as Brick Bardo in which Albert Pugh movie? Because he wasn't so, Brick Bardo in this movie. No. So oh so no, he name... is. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're no, you're right. I'm sorry. You're 100 yeah. percent right. I'm. I I switched right back to the. <laughs> I like as I was saying it, my finger was pushing back on the IMDb thing, and yeah, you're right. His name is Rick uh, Bardo. So then, is Bardo not an instrument name, right? No, I don't think Brick Bardo is an instrument name. Uh, it's just a name that apparently Albert Pune loves uh, okay. tremendously. Uh, and and um, Tom Matthews on our Patreon exclusive interview talks more in detail about that. But uh, <laughs> in in uh, in Dollman, Dollman is is the lead actor in Dollman. The lead character, Tim Thomerson's character, is named Brick Bardo, which <laughs> like. <laughs> So, uh, fun fact, I used to play uh, D&D when I was a kid, and then I got really into Marvel, which is like the Marvel version of Dungeons and Dragons, which I've always found far superior because you could just go into a, more universes. Uh, but my, I, w- I called myself Brick, Brick Bardo, because I love that <laughs> name so much. So uh, that was my handle when I was, when it, my, my character handle. But uh, but Ralph Ralph Mueller Moeller uh, to me was mostly known for Best of the Best Part Two. He was the lead villain in that, and I'm a huge Best of the Best fan. It's my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. The sequel, not so much. And he came out, and he's yeah, he's a buddy. I think he's I think people thought he was going to be the next Schwarzenegger because of his size. His yeah, mass. he's a. He's a big, big dude, and you know some of these guys, they you know whatever they look a little weird, but he's like he's good looking, right? Like I, I can see why they thought he was going to be fast tracked towards that Sylvester Stallone or or Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of thing, uh, yeah. because he is he's he's pretty good looking dude. Um, I know him personally, not not personally, but I know him uh, uh, from. Uh, Universal Soldier was kind of like the other one that I sort of yes. knew him from because he was one of the the other soldiers, and I also recognized him in Gladiator. He was like yes. Gladiator's like friend, and I remember when Gladiator came out because it was such a hot, big movie, high profile film. I was like, oh, it's that guy from Universal Soldier <laughs> and Cyborg, and I was very happy that quote unquote that guy was getting some you know <laughs> like mainstream love. Yeah, me too. It, it's nice to see a guy that you would think would just be shelved on uh, VHS and DVD cases, and now he's getting a a huge push uh, in, in like, a big-budget movie. Yeah, and can I say, like, all right, 
you know, growing up, you see all these guys, all these movies are kind of silly. Yes, we all know that they're silly and they're they're doing their punches and we're supposed to believe that it's it's it's, you know, all these things are really happening and we love it, right? We all love it. But go and watch a bad action movie. Go and watch a bad kung fu film and you will see why Jean-Claude Van Damme made it to the next level. You will see why even, yeah. you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Rick uh, uh, Moeller. Like, you'll see why they made it to the next level because the bad ones, or I'm sorry, not Rick Moeller, Ralph Moeller. Um, the bad ones are really bad. Like, when it's when you see a bad action scene and the person yeah. can't sell the hits and the person, whether it be the lead actor, whether it be the person they're fighting, if they can't sell the hits, they can't sell the punches, it's terrible. And you see, we all kind of take these movies for granted. These these directors like uh, Albert Pune, like, oh yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a B movie. It's not great, but go watch a truly D movie and you'll see why these guys and gals made it to the next level. Like Miami Connection or something like that. Miami Connection is considered one of the worst martial art movies of all time. And, yeah. Uh, it's achieved cult status. Yeah, I, I and I know Jean-Claude had a history of re-editing movies because he had so much pull. Specifically this movie, by the way. Yes, yes. And he got, he. I think he got too much too soon. Um, he, it's a perfect case of just like too much given to the guy. And now he's like, oh, I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Uh, because it's the way he edited the, the film, uh, I'm assuming the way he edited it, you can see like it really emphasized what he was doing versus what the other people were doing in the movie or lack thereof, or maybe he was covering up. So he covered up some of the the shortcomings that some of the other actors might've had versus those other movies where, yeah, you're right. They just left everything they could. And it shows how shitty uh, the fight scenes were. And and Jean-Claude has a grace about him. The guy is a, a, he's a, a, whether he's a, a proficient martial artist is another story, but the fact he knows how to move on camera and yeah. look really good doing and look good doing it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I got to respect the guy. He, he knew how to control his brand. He, or he wanted to control his brand. And yeah. honestly, I, I got to give you props for that. Now you don't have to be an a-hole doing it, which, you know, I wasn't yeah. there, so I don't know how he was, but um, you know, Hey, he, he, try to control his image and that's that's awesome and uh, it worked i mean he had to do something right because he became the biggest action guy in the world right or he became up there with the biggest action guys in the world so he he had to do something right yeah um, yeah some something that something that happened later on in this movie that we'll talk about i'm sure could have totally derailed his career but it didn't i i think i know what you're talking about and i don't know that story so i hope you do fill us in do. on it um i do before we jump in, are there any more of the of the goons that you that you want to talk about? No, not specifically. I you know I wrote down I wrote down it's like a who's who of uh, every model from the magazine Muscle and Fitness back in the day <laughs> is in this yeah. movie. Uh, you know every like weightlifting chick or um, uh, you know beefy powerlifter dude, and then you have these side characters who are like this guy's just happy to be in a movie because he's got some <laughs> shitty ass wig on and he's got a big grin on his face. And you're like, dude, it's totally out of context, man. Why are you smiling <laughs> yeah. right now? He's supposed to be evil. <laughs> and you, you do bring it up. And I just, I want to bring it up now because I don't know if there's a really 
perfect spot to put it in the the, the movie breakdown but props to <laughs> props to Fender for allowing like three <laughs> female gang members uh to be in 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 his gang uh and you know yeah. they had to be pretty badass to to probably get there and I'm not just talking about the the, the kid you know that that grew up with them um Haley, but I'm talking yeah. about like he actually had some enforcers that were female and I think when I was younger I didn't quite notice it when uh cuz they don't you know, zoom in on him too, too much, but I'm watching yeah. it now and I'm like, Hey, Fender, he's, he's equal opportunity. You know, he allows anyone into his, his group as long as they can kick ass. Right. And they seemed, the female ones seemed just as brutal as the men. And I liked that. I thought that was cool. I always assumed that, uh, Jean-Claude had a good relationship with these bodybuilding people because he seemed to, they would always pop up in his movies specifically. Uh, but he would always have a few female, weightlifters in his movies consistently and i always the the kid in me thought that that was cool because i liked seeing strong you know obviously having a strong mom and i I had a great relationship with her i liked seeing a strong female character on screen on screen you know kicking a guy's ass because it's like yeah a woman can go as much as a dude can and like why can't this chick kick this dude's ass you know come on let, let it happen and so when it did happen i was like oh that's cool a little bit of ahead of its time, perhaps. Uh, maybe, you know. Yeah, you've got I've... like Lethal Weapon. You had Lethal in Lethal Weapon Two. You had like the, you know, the the timid uh, Russian girl, like, oh my God, help me! And then, meanwhile, in Van Damme's movies, you had this kick-ass powerlifter chick who pre-China from the WWE uh, F, and you know, take handling her own and tossing Van Damme around. So, yeah, no, that was I was impressed by that. I I. You know, I probably I remember them being having female enforcers and everything, but like I was like, oh, cool! They they actually Albert Pune actually showed them do something. And granted, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes they kind of were relegated to only fighting the females because I'm sure Jean Claude was probably like, I don't want to be beating up a woman. But I think nowadays, <laughs> I do that. And, and 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 I. I kind of I, I get the climate of the '80s and, and what his mindset probably was was like it wasn't it wouldn't play well. But now in the current climate that we're at, I think you could totally see uh, a female. I, honestly, I think you could if you remade this movie, you could like recast uh, Fender as a, as a female action you know person, and it would play just as well, if not more brutal. Um, and and I think we would see we would get away with more uh, female on male fighting. But back then, I, I did notice that that they kind of relegated the female fighters to fighting uh natty versus fighting jean-claude but you know it was a step in the right direction i thought yeah i don't and they weren't like they weren't exploited you know canon this being a canon movie and canon was known for their exploitation um that documentary we've we mentioned a few times i think it's called electric boogaloo um it's free on youtube i'm sure if not it's fantastic it's it's it is it is if you're a fan of any of the movies we've talked about that are canon movies, uh, it's worth checking out because it covers. It's such an uh, what do you call that? Like expansive documentary um, where it just it goes over everything canon, and there's so many great stories. And this this was the movie that basically broke canon that 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 took canon down the uh, the. The the end road, the end game, if you will, because this uh, cyborg did. Yeah, I, I think because of what happened on set and the fact that it was a bomb when it came out, 
uh, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back because this this company was hemorrhaging money left and right at this point. And I, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Life Force had something to do with the downfall well, of Canon. Oh yeah, I think this, but I think this was the last Canon movie. Okay. Uh, this was, so wrong, this was the I'm, nail in the coffin. Yes. I yeah. I think this was it after that. I don't think there are any more Canon movies, and it's fitting that it was like 1989 when it came out because so many good things died in the 90s. <laughs> um in my opinion <laughs> do you want to do you want to tell us about the the thing that you know you're sort of alluding to or do you want to wait till the, the oh, yeah. point in the movie no I, I can i can talk about it really really briefly uh i, I always got this guy confused with billy blanks mm-hmm. but there is a there's another actor in the movie who plays one of the one of the gang members uh i, I think his name jackson rock pickney i think is his name uh he's oh sorry one of the pirates Arg, matey. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so one of the pirates, and uh, he's only seen a handful of times. But he had a fight scene with Jean Claude at the climax of the movie, right before Jean Claude takes on, uh, right before Gibson takes on Fender. That they cut it out of the movie. I remember seeing it in the theatrical version when I saw this, uh, and then it was cut when it came out on video because so Van Dam did a, one of his spin kicks and injured the guy permanently blinded him the Whoa. guy sued uh the guy sued canon and won uh, a huge settlement uh the actual numbers i am a little bit off on um but i originally i was like oh billy blanks was the one who got injured and used that money to create tybo that was kind of the um the the myth back in the day so uh but yeah he he injured this guy's eye and you know, I'm going to pause for a second while I look it up just to make sure. So the details of the, of the settlement, I can't, it's uh, kind of fishy, but the, the basis is that it, he won a huge settlement uh, because it permanently blinded him. And the, so and when he was one released... of the, he's, so he's one of the goons that you see in the movie, probably leading up to the final fight scene. They didn't cut him out from the movie. They just cut him out from no. that final fight scene. Right. So he's yeah. one of the gang members. Yeah. It was almost like the twilight zone where they cut, you know, the helicopter scene. Uh, but I do remember seeing it in the theater. Um, and then when it came out on video, they had cut it out because I'm sure the, the, the lawsuit was going on during that time. And so, yeah, it, it's cut from the movie and, so Van Damme got this reputation of like, oh, he hurts people on set or he's he's reckless because he only cares about himself. And it was everywhere. It was like Entertainment Tonight and Current Affair. I remember recording it on VHS because I was so fascinated. Like, what what happened, you know? And Van Damme was getting this kind of shitty reputation that uh, that, that this stuff was going down. So this could have derailed his career. Obviously, it didn't. I feel bad for the dude that was injured. Uh, and you know, I don't necessarily know what happened to him, but the rest is history as they, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, hearing about this a little bit and I, I know people talk about it and I've always heard about, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme injuring somebody. I personally thought it was on Universal Soldier. I didn't know it was on uh, Cyborg, but I kind of don't track a lot of like celebrity stuff really you know even as a kid i was more interested in the special effects like i would read fangoria and and you know 
all those kind of magazines to see more of the the effects and stuff. That was more of my interest and not so much the celebrity stuff. But of course, I, I have heard about it, you know, and uh, but I didn't realize it was on this movie. So that's 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 cool. I, I didn't know that going into it. So I didn't sort of track, you know, which goon sort of disappears in the final fight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because you'll notice like there's all these guys and suddenly two or three of them are just gone. You're like, what happened? Yeah. Oh. yeah. They turn Where'd tail they and split. <laughs> which which is completely logical when you see this one dude pick your entire team apart, basically. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what what he does later on in the movie, uh, you know, if, 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 if I saw anybody do that, I'd be like, okay, just take whatever I have. Just take it. Take it. Yeah. Take it. I'm Don't done. hurt I'm me. I'm done here. <laughs> All right. Well, buddy. Let us jump into Cyborg, and uh, let me give let me read off the IMDb description. Cyborg, nineteen eighty nine, an hour and twenty six minutes. A martial artist hunts a killer in a plague infested urban dump of the future. That's not a lot of fanfare for this movie on IMDb. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. All right, let's begin our breakdown. Welcome to the world of the not too distant future. Get going! Go! A brutal gang is reshaping the world into their own vision of hell. And only one man can stop them. Jean-Claude Van Damme is leading the battle between good and evil. Take them out. As it's never been fought before. He's on a desperate mission to rescue a cyborg who holds the secret for saving the world. Why did you help me? I don't want to see you die. From the dust of destruction rises the warrior of a new age. Say goodbye, my friend. Jean-Claude Van Damme has become the first hero of the 21st century. Cyborg. Alright, dude. I love this Canon Films, man. I love this Canon Films logo. Every time we do a, a film with it, it just it gets me it gets me in the cockles every time. Oh, that's something about that do 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 doom 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 coming in it's so it's so sexy it's so, it, it, it's it's just sexy jack it's a great it's a great logo man it's a really awesome logo i'm, I'm not gonna lie it's it's one of the better ones well i so, i think uh hmm. if i haven't mentioned it before i'll mention it again uh mutant pins on etsy does a really cool um lapel pin of the canon logo along with the vestron logo and full moon entertainment so and they're pretty cheap actually i think they're like five bucks or something uh they're so badass which logo do you like better ocp Ooh. or canon oh canon for sure okay but, they're both very similar though so they are very similar uh i mine would be more like who do, which logo do i like more um lightning videos logo canon pictures 
Empire Pictures, Vestron. I'd have to. I'm gonna go. It's it's a close. I love lightning video because I love my lightning. But I, I would go go with the Canon. With all of those, I would go with Canon too. Yeah. Now, what about Full Moon? <laughs> oh, that that you remember the opening logo to Full Moon or the opening to their movies? It would be yeah. like the moon uh, rising. Yeah. And and with the horizon, and then suddenly it would freeze in oh, on the Full Moon Entertainment. Oh, it's so oh. good. <laughs> I'm excited for us to do our first Full Moon movie. But hey, this isn't yeah. Full Moon. This is Cyborg. So is, come on, Cyborg. <laughs> the movie starts with a cool little voiceover by Fender, where he's kind of talking about the world and what happened to it. And uh, at first, it was like a collapse of society. So, you know, they don't even say what it is, but like a calamity. But because of that collapse the plague came and uh and i like i like the fact that they went with just the plague and like the bubonic plague i like how they didn't create like a new virus or something they just brought back the old school plague (laughs) the plague and it it reminded me you know it's funny because uh i and just in the sense that hardware didn't have the same intro but just the that uh that matte painting look to it of the background of New York City. I don't know, it reminded yeah. me of hardware for a minute, but I mm-hmm. love the I love and then we talked about this on Friday night. I love those old school matte painting um images. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, I love old school matte paintings. Just something about the way that the camera can't move. It has to like nope. sit there and you so I think that gives you that the time to just uh, uh take it in and, and enjoy it as an artist, especially. I was I did a lot of fine art stuff when I was growing up, so it appealed to me just from like a painterly standpoint. Yeah, and from a guy who makes notes for his kid every morning for lunch, I uh, felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome, touche. Uh, but I, I, I like how I like how Fender. I like how the bad guy is doing the opening monologue. I feel like you don't hear that too much. And you know, at the end of it, you know, he says, you know, the scientists are looking for a cure and everything. He's like, "Why? I like the death. I like the misery. I like this world." And I thought that was really cool, to be honest with you. Much more cooler than my interpretation of it. Well, I okay, I do. I totally agree. Uh, I wanted. I want to know. Like, I wanted to know more of his backstory throughout this entire movie. I wanted to know more of who he was. Uh, why the, why his the back of his head was frosted as we get to uh, with bleach, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like that too. It, it was kind of like this. Uh, what if Skeletor narrated He Man and the Masters of the Universe? Right. Yes. Exactly. And and yeah, Fender is a really interesting villain. And I yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I wanted to know more backstory to him. Yeah. Yeah. Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so like so it starts off with a a guy and a girl kind of being chased through like a dilapidated city and the the for as little nudity as there is in this movie it opens pretty much with a shot of a naked lady crucified i was like that's that's pretty hardcore like and you know with with bush and all and i'm like that's that it that's a tonal shift from the rest of the movie because i don't think it ever gets that extreme but uh i kind of dug the way the city looked man it looked completely inhospitable you know and 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 if you moved through it it felt like you were in peril the entire time kind of like the average joe dude soldier dude or whatever his name is and uh pearl yeah the 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 set that they filmed it on knowing now with this lens of knowing that it was the masters of the universe set 
uh, it added some more excitement to me because I'm looking for things like going, ooh, you know, what 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 connection does this share with Masters of the Universe? Um, but I will say, yeah, like it, it, it was it was pretty cheesy chasing uh <laughs> opening unfortunately but the whole time i'm like wanting to like it so bad i'm like come on come on you're gonna get better i know you are i know you are no you're not and and rewatching <laughs> it i i gotta say visually i think this opening scene is probably i don't want to say my favorite but i i like the set the most here i think yeah, it's the too. most interesting set that they use i wish there was more time spent in this area but it's it also does set the tone for how cheesy the movie is and i think what the level that we're gonna expect like the level of action the level of performance we're gonna expect <laughs> yeah. from this film is is kind of set in this the tone in the city here but uh the the guy, her, her, you know, I guess her, her scout, her, I'm sorry, that's not the right word, her bodyguard. Her bodyguard, uh, yeah. Yeah, he gets, he gets dispatched fairly quickly, and you find out in a little bit of dialogue that, you know, Fender doesn't care, you know, about the cure. He wants just the power of having her. Like, it, it, it honestly, it goes back to the whole, like, knowledge is power, right? And Fender knows that she, having the knowledge for the cure, gives him power. Yeah, when when Fender kind of shows up to attack uh, them in this, like, they're all, all the gang members are lined up shoulder to shoulder walking in a very Mad Max-inspired march, or like, you know, just this kind of, I don't know, it reminded me of wrestlers coming down the aisle in back in the day, you know, the the four horsemen or something. We're all shoulder to shoulder, guys. We're all equal. We're all equal in this. <laughs> and he's got his gigantic blue blocker sunglasses on, and uh, and 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 they look really badass. I I, I will say they still hold up. Uh, there's occasionally one of the guys would have like the the most god awful wig on his head, and I'm just like, man, you did you just slap this guy in there at the last second, like? Come on, like give him a better wig, you know, make it a little. I, this is Hollywood. I know you spent more than <laughs> half your budget on Jean-Claude Van Damme, $500,000 of it. But um, come on, give the guy a decent wig. <laughs> or it doesn't have to have long hair. It doesn't have to have long hair. I don't get the wig sometime in these movies because like you don't know what the character is supposed to look like so yeah. if the wig looks bad just don't use the wig yeah i think i feel like post apocalyptic movies uh of recent viewing or, or of recent years have gotten it better in the sense that not everybody had to have long hair like somebody some people just either shave their heads or they chopped into their hair with a knife like not everybody has to have long hair to be feel like it's in the bleak in the future but i i think in during this time period i th feel like they felt everybody needed long hair uh to look cool yeah no i think that was uh that was definitely you're, you're on to something there buddy because what's his name in the new mad the, the fury road the new mad max his hair was cool because yeah. it was all like chopped in a different yeah, length and tom hardy, you know right? uh yeah tom hardy's hair i like that i liked how he you know he committed he did it's his hair he didn't uh yeah. he didn't wear a wig for that and even furioso you know she shaved her head so yeah you know these these guys could have at least grown their natural hair out a little bit and if it looks like shit that's fine that's supposed to be looked like shit but wigs look like a different kind of shit. Yeah, uh, Jean-Claude, which we're about to see in a moment, has a, a tremendous amount of hair gel in his hair. And it's like kind of, you know, 
blown out uh, because that's not his normal look. So if you can do that for him, why can't you do that for Rolf Moeller or whatever the fuck, Brick Bardo? <laughs> Rick Bardo. <laughs> Come on, Brick Bardo. Come on, Rick Bardo. <laughs> Um, all right, so then this is we actually <laughs> oh, get man. the title card now, the the cyborg title card. Yes, with the flame. Yeah, it's not the most exciting I've ever. It tries to be exciting, but I don't love it. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah, you're right. It tries to be exciting with that big flame opening. I'm like, is this the opening to Monday WCW Monday Night Nitro? Uh, and then as it's flaming on, I'm like, okay, so you're gonna cut to the action now. And just have the credits playing over the action, right? No, you're going to let that flame keep... Wait, how long is this credits... How long are we going to... Are we going to show every single person? You know in the old days when they'd make a movie and they would show every single person involved in the movie in the beginning? So the opening credits yeah. took 20 minutes. And at the end, it just said, the end, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is yeah. that what they're doing with this movie? Are they going to show us every... Who's the fucking gaffer? Like, do we care who the gaffer is for this? Well, they're no. probably they're 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 clearly padding the runtime a little bit. <laughs> I know, I know. You really, it's so obvious. Can like just make it a cool eighty minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not eighty six minutes with six minutes of opening credits. <laughs> um, I mean, he so did Pearl... that with Doll Man. He did that with Doll Man. I'm just saying, eighty minutes. Oh man, oh man. Um, so Pearl is she's still being pursued like through the city. They're all kind of after because her her bodyguard didn't do any damn look good. <laughs> Kendall got taken out. Yeah, that dude was all chin. Um, but uh, <laughs> so you know Jean Claude Van Damme's kind of like you know he, he just he just kind of sort of appears out of nowhere. He kind of hears you know something's happening. Yeah, and you know he starts taking out dudes sort of quietly and discreetly as as she's being pursued until she gets sort of like trapped in an alley and he saves her and i like this little alley set i thought that was this little set's cool and everything yeah. and again it's it's uh the masters of the universe 2 set so they had time to build it and everything and it looks cool it looked, it looked decent this whole area looks pretty decent to piggyback on your comments about the set yeah it, it does actually look like new york to me uh more and more urban than not and right and it doesn't totally feel like i mean yeah it it, it, it looks like a set because it's low budget but it doesn't feel like a set like it feels like yeah. it could have been a, a block in the city that they cordoned off and you know and shot from every single angle a, a million times this feels to, to me this feels better and more interesting than brewster street his clearly back universal back you. street and <laughs> no Fright how night. dare you how, how dare you compare the two there's no comparison <laughs> there's no that that was totally no no i will not let you i will not accept that into canon canon uh that will not happen on this one <laughs> that oh, how, how dare you how dare you go down that road stephen jeffries would be so pissed off with you right now uh but i said good day sir. i said good day sir uh, <laughs> i but i will say that and jean-claude's his his kind of opening entrance is very stealth like and very ninja like he he moves so nimbly and um ooh and yeah do i have like a a boner for the guy i do because i think he just he's so fucking cool back then like he looked so good and so he kind of pops up and he's got that smile like kind of a grimace on his face or whatever a grin and uh <laughs> and it works for me i'm like okay i want to see that I'm, i want to see what he does with that rifle i want to see what he does with that silver lame top let's go let's and do this I'm I'm there with you, buddy. It works. He works for me a hundred percent. You know what does not work for me? 
Pearl's cybernetic eye, where she like <laughs> scans him to see. To, yeah. That's how she knows he's he's like a good guy. I guess she like reads his heartbeat or whatever. But she scans him with her eyeball, her cybernetic eyeball, and there's like this terrible like overlay graphic on her eye to kind of show that. And later on, you'll see like you know well, even more terribleness but um <laughs> i didn't <laughs> yeah. i didn't like the the like the the digital overlay on her eye showing you what was you know what she was looking i get what they were trying to go with but i, I did not love it um <laughs> so yeah moving on pearl needs to get to atlanta to help scientists basically cure the plague uh you know and she's obviously the titular cyborg and she takes off her head her hair i'm sorry she takes off her hair to reveal like her her cyborg brain first off all right first off i'll start with the positive when her face when her giant eyeball fake face is away from camera i thought yeah. it worked fine i thought yeah, it me was too. totally cool yeah and totally worked fine and you know besides the fact that there seemed to be a lot of open components that they should have like covered up with some sort of like armament right like He's gonna get an infection a, yeah i mean you have a skull to keep things you know from going on the i don't know man i was like that was a poor design choice but it didn't look terrible i i found it to be you know interesting i was like oh that looks pretty cool i actually like uh the use of stop motion animation i think it's I think it is as, as, as much as it looks like an episode of Gumby gone wrong. Uh, <laughs> it, it's still I think it's still way cooler than shitty CGI. I think um, a la and I hate to say this, folks, but a la the last Starfighter CGI, you know, where they're like, oh, my God, it's the first time they use CGI. That doesn't mean it's oh, a good man. thing. You know, it doesn't no, mean no, it, yeah, it was terrible. I was watching Last Starfighter with some friends a couple years ago. I hadn't seen that thing in like 15, maybe 20 years probably. I saw it in the theater though, but it had been forever. And yeah. when they show that asteroid, I yeah. was like, that just looks like hair. Why is it like yeah. hair mountain or something? And I was like, that is terrible. I wish they, I don't understand why more movies don't go back and, you know, spend some money and just redo the CGI on top of it. Like, just make it better CGI. But I guess there's no profit in that because then people want to see the original shit. Although yeah. I don't know why anyone wants to see that crap. I get that, but I will say about uh, about Pearl's CGI, even though it, it, it at times it looked really god-awfully terrible, it was just kind of <laughs> cool to see them trying to execute that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, her stop motion stuff, like her, her. So yeah, she, so basically, when Jean Claude Van Damme's talking to her and she, you know, reveals her brain grapes, her exposed <laughs> brain grapes, uh, he kind of gets, I think, shot through the door, knocked through the, knocked out essentially. He gets taken out of commission by Fender and his gang, yeah. and you know, Fender goes up to her. She turns around, and this is when you see the the same fake head, but you see it from the straight on view with her eyes. For some reason, her eyes are bigger than her normal <laughs> eyes would be. and i just it just looks terrible like like absolutely terrible but i do like what fender like says to her he's like you know he wants her he says you know i'll take you to atlanta and you'll give me the cure or i'll give you the horror show and then he holds up that dude's head but (laughs) i like i like the term the horror show and i I don't know why i always thought that was kind of cool as a kid but that was that was kind of neat but not her her face was terrible (laughs) agreed (laughs) <laughs> i mean so uh fender fender does look menacing and you can tell the actor was having a good time with this role it's role of a lifetime for this dude like you know 
hey, good good for him. I mean, uh, uh, War Child was before it, right? Or was it after? No, after, uh, after, because Point Break, Point Break came out in like '92, and this came out in what '89. Okay, so I imagine th- this obviously opened the door for uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Point Point Break is a, is a '90s movie. I need to go back and rewatch that. You should, and in fact, you should watch it twice to, as punishment for watching Cyborg. <laughs> 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 and and that dirty that dirty dog comment about Fright Night. You dirty How dare dog. you besmirch my one of my favorite movies of all the times. Uh, oh man. I okay. slap you with my virtual <laughs> I slap you with my virtual handkerchief. <laughs> with my gauntlet. My virtual gauntlet. Kabaya! I do like how Jean-Claude Van Damme punches his way out of the rubble that he was buried under. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly edited by Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, this is yeah. this is a vanity piece through the roof. And I'd say most Jean-Claude Van Damme movies are vanity pieces for him, but this one is just wild, buddy. Absolutely wild. I don't yeah, it's funny because I, I get that. I get that he's in love with himself and, and and hey, he has every right to feel in love with himself. The guy's a the guy's a good looking guy and I don't think he's actually as bad of an actor as everyone makes him out to be. Like he's, he's I don't think fine. he is. No, I but yeah. you know where everyone's like, "Oh, Van Damme, you know, he's going to be bad." Like, you know, it it is what it is. But I will say this a big difference uh between this and all his other movies. And I said it earlier, he's not surrounded by quality supporting cast. He's he's surrounded by a by a lukewarm at best supporting cast uh, uh garbage i would say garbage yes yeah yeah i mean i'm sad to say you know i i think pearl <laughs> pearl has her moments i'd say pearl is a pretty decent actress uh but he's but, he's barely with her ever no yeah you're right and so well we'll get to her in a minute but everybody he, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um all right so we now that he punches his way out and he knows where they're going um we we cut to a, a basically a settlement um it's um they're right on the water so it's like you know like a, a ferry sort of situation but they're they're the fender and his team or his pirates are ransacking the village just killing people and there's some you know it's i like it it's it feels cool it's it, again this movie's starting off pretty strong i think setting the tone for being to be a pretty violent film and and like you just think a lot of shit's gonna happen but it, it kind of all gets mushed up right here essentially um but you know he's he's going they're going through there and they're killing people and they basically they need a boat to atlanta and it's 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 they're not trying to walk there essentially so they're going to take yeah. a, a boat there and i like he knows how the dead bodies on the boat there's like a shit ton of them i was like are you yeah. just gonna like go there with all those bodies are you gonna eat them what's happening yeah what's happening i, I want to know more yeah i i i i I read that they heavily edited this movie, edited this movie, so it didn't receive, so it got an, an R rating, and I feel like I'm like, well, you didn't. What did you cut out? I, I'd love to see if there is ever going to be a director's cut, which is doubtful. But it's not really that gory if you think about it. When the scene where they cut the guy's head off, they don't even show him do that. They just show no, this. No, it's. Like, Plastic you don't see any of the gore, but you see a lot of post gore. Yes. Like in in like 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 I said, the first shot of of Fender going after that guy, the Ken doll with the chin. He yeah. the shot opens with him jump bunch busting through like a door, and yeah. the camera comes right out with that 
naked lady crucified right there, uh, almost like oh shoot, like Cannibal Holocaust or something. It's it's very yeah. in your face with its with its violence towards towards the sexuality of women. Like it's right there, and but it the movie does it sort of again here with a bunch of dead bodies everywhere, but it never really shows you how any of this got here. And yes, Fender and them are, are, they do bad things and you never question that they are the bad guys. Like, you know, it's, they're never goofy or anything, but at the same time, like you said, you never see Fender cut the guy's head off. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see like, when I think of excessive gore, you think about now shit like walking dead, walking dead now, uh, paid tv or like cable tv that people can watch basically a basic cable and that is way more violent than this and that gets like a i don't know tvma or whatever i mean you can still watch it like it's so weird the whole i know we've talked about the whole mpaa thing over the years but this movie to me like i felt like they could have they should have shown a little bit more gore yeah i agree i i do agree um, and some, some, maybe some better fighting too, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So Slow <laughs> down ju- fighting. <laughs> yeah. all, all haymakers and torso. All right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Jean-Claude Van Damme comes across the settlement. It's like, it's all in flames. Everything's, you know, fucked up. It's they're, they're dead. They're all messed up. That was a little night of living dead original, uh, <laughs> reference for you. That's impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So. He's he's looking around. He's doing his, you know, trying to track them, basically, track Fender, figuring out where they're going. And a girl kind of sneaks up on him in the shadows, and he does this funny little move where he, like, just throws something at her to knock her out instead of, like, kill her. Yeah. it's He, he like, throws almost like a brick at her or something. <laughs> well, I thought he threw a knife at her at first. And so that's why when she kind of comes to later, I'm like, wait, wouldn't she have a wound or something but yeah he i guess he just threw something hard at her <laughs> yeah yeah just like a brick and just like he knocked her out she just went down hard i was like yeah. damn <laughs> yeah but you know it, it you know so he's like okay he realizes it's a female and he's like okay so he kind of watches over her while she's sleeping and he's sharpening his knife i'm like okay <laughs> i i wrote down i wrote down oh that's an interesting alarm to use to wake somebody yeah. up you know the, the knife sharpening alarm i don't have that on my iphone i have the uh that one or whatever and then the, or the chimes but i do not have the knife sharpening sound <laughs> and give you anxiety man and i will i'll say too i'll say too uh that's this is one of the first of many inconsistencies in this movie yeah he uses let's say he uses a a a, a can of silly putty to throw at her head to knock her out but yet he's killed everybody else up leading up to that point so why would he you know yeah i that was actually my thought and i was like if this was any other character sneaking up on him if it was a bad guy he would have instantly known to throw a knife right he would have killed that person instantly but for some reason because you know she's she was a female and i guess he knew that she was good because he's the good guy his hand was guided i don't know i think it's stupid i agree with you it was an inconsistency he should have killed her and been like oh oops oh well and then just moved on because she served no purpose anyways. She really doesn't serve a purpose at all. I would. Yeah, I'm not going to say. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Yep, yep, not a single purpose. But uh, during this, the knife sharpening scene, we do get some <laughs> some flashbacks to, yeah. to basically long-haired Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's, oh that's how you know it's a flashback. So he has long hair, <laughs> but Fender has short hair. So as they've grown as nemesises, uh, nemesize, the, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme's hair got shorter and Fender's got longer. But... Uh, <laughs> oh God. And it is... And Jean-Claude Van Damme is wearing the worst looking, one of the worst looking wigs ever. It's yeah. I, I'm like, first of all, uh, I wanted him to pull all his hair back, but he's got like bangs or some shit. Yeah. And, 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 to, to, to cover the wigs, the, the wig seam, I'm sure, you know, that's why the bangs were there. Yeah. What a, yeah like, it was the worst wig I've ever well, seen. You can get a better goddamn wig at, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the Halloween store called? spirit uh, spirit yeah i mean come on like you you telling me you couldn't get a better this is the hardware scenario you couldn't get a better you couldn't get a decent looking wig for a hundred bucks more or something you know just splurge splurge <laughs> just splurge a little bit to make it look a little bit better <laughs> meanwhile fender fender looks like he's a 14 year old uh boy you know with his short hair with his arms crossed hmm i don't like this i'm gonna be i'm gonna do something evil to them now hmm <laughs> <laughs> oh no this is going off the rails already <laughs> oh no some might say it's right on the rails it's going on the rails to a crazy train <laughs> someone's gonna chime in like he doesn't know the lyrics i know the lyrics that was intentional I, I I hope so. <laughs> it was. I almost, made, I almost made Zach spit his tea out. Um, it's my ginger tea. Uh, to, all right, so to preserve but, my voice. But, but for you know, during the flashbacks, we do get uh, the backstory on, or a little bit of backstory on Jean Claude Van Damme. He meets these uh, a lady. They're her two kids. He was hired to basically get her out of the city, and I do like the fact that he's called a slinger, yeah, like slinger. a gunslinger. I, yeah. I was like, that's kind of cool. That's, that's a cool. neat little thing. And, you know, like, just the concept of him being this, like, armed guide, getting him out, getting people out of the city, I thought that was an inherently cool thing to make him, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a bounty hunter adjacent kind of a job profession, but it was, I was like, okay, it's cool. All of that is kind of neat. So he, he gets the kids and, and the lady out of the city. And during, you know, the course of a few flashbacks, you find out that, you know, they, they grow fond of each other and he's good with the kids and him and her are kind of like falling in love. And then they end up at this, like a house in the woods and you know you, you see it's getting a little bit closer to them you know uh he like he's gonna cough his hair and shit and then it cuts really quick to some girl little girl screaming while her hands are all bloody you don't really know what's going on there uh which we of course will find out later yeah and that's when natty uh obviously we should say uh that was deborah richter who he knocked out with the rock and her name is natty based on uh, the guitar company right that makes uh natty guitars i yeah, guess i've yeah, never heard I, of natty i never heard of natty either um i mean it's funny that albert pune's like well i i had to i had to write it fast so i just wrote down a bunch of guitar names now you kind of it sounds to me like you really thought that part out and actually maybe you're covering up the fact that it's not that good with the fact that you wrote it really fast so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say uh uh what, what, what do they say in in the courtroom when they're when they i object i object uh, sir I, I object i object objection this. officer uh, uh your 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 honor 
objection. <laughs> really quick, I, I will say that chick uh, who plays, you know, that he was the smuggler's blues chick in, in the flashbacks, she's got the worst accent in the world, southern accent. It is terrible. Yeah. That that yeah that was wild, almost as wild as her teeth. But um, <laughs> so, oh wow, dude! So the <laughs> oh man, so <laughs> really the only thing that Natty brings to the table is that she, you know, she's like, oh, you're looking for the girl, you know, he took her to Atlanta, so. She gave him some information, and that's basically she served her purpose there. And I think she, she should have just gone her own separate way at that point. Well, uh, but didn't she say you know. that? She's like, she's like, uh, didn't they have some sort of weird exchange where she's like, well, I don't need you. Well, le- later on when she tries to seduce him with her, her giant fake can that he and he, and he, and he denies it, that, that she's like, but she says, you're not going to be here in the morning, are you? And then he is, and so that's why another— well, bit of weirdness yeah but 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 this scene specifically she she's like you know uh there's something they allude to something like you you go your way i'll go mine or something like that or you know like they're they're not going to go and 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 literally the next scene later they're together walking down the road and you're like wait i thought they were splitting up Okay, yeah, whatever. I, yeah, okay. I, I, I don't, I didn't track much of that dialogue. All I have is Natty starts following JCVD, but yeah, I, I, I think there was something there, but I can't quite remember what it was. But yeah, you're probably right. It was <laughs> now they're just walking down the street together. They're walking and down the street. Is fine and, dandy. And she, and she, and and I, I'll just want to get this out of the way now that she, she's terrible. I'm sorry, I hate to, what she's a terrible actress, and she's she's really bad. Like her her dial, the way she delivers her dialogue, it's so flat. She sounds so, and I maybe that's has something to do with. Um, the way she looks, I'm her, being her really... lip, her giant lip. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I mean, she it's it's really painful, ba- painfully bad to watch because she has moments in this movie where she will say something funny or like show a sign of life, and you go, oh, she de- she definitely has a uh, personality. But the majority, ninety nine percent of this movie, she pouts and she gives like this flat monotone delivery of every line and you're like oh man you're making van damme look like an oscar winner right now you know yeah no i i dude i totally agree and i don't think i had any particular affinity for her as a kid when i was like watching this movie actually i think i probably was always like yeah i didn't really care much for her but watching it now she does not do this film any favors at no. all. And I really, really do not know what is going on with her lip. And it was distracting me the entire time to be me completely too. truthful with you. I was like, what is what is happening right now? Is yeah. that just like like mid eighties like bad like lip injection essentially? Is that what that is? I think I think I think so. I I, I don't want to speculate too much, but I, whatever, speculate. Yeah, it looks like she got a really a bad lip job, and and I can only imagine the pressures of being a young female actress in Hollywood and trying to conform to the to look they wanted because she has like a unique look with her oh bad hair and bad face and everything <laughs> but uh but she yeah it's it's really it's it's painfully hard to look at at times and it's very distracting i couldn't stand her when i was a kid too i always wanted her character to be just eliminated gone, gone. so it could just be about this lone gunman uh a la you know uh clint eastwood the, the man with no name like 
You don't even need to give Van Damme too much dialogue to work with. Just have him be this silent but deadly dude who comes in. There's a great uh, spaghetti western about. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the name later on in the movie or in our in our breakdown. But he his throat is slashed in the beginning of the movie, so he doesn't talk. He's mute through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And High Plains Drifter. No, 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 no. This is a spaghetti western with uh, Klaus Kinski. Um, oh, I, I forget exactly what it's called, but. Um, but that, but the fact is he has no dialogue and they work around it. Granted, he's got uh, he's got a lot better actors to work with in the movie, a la Klaus Kinski. But uh, the movie is called The Great Silence. OK, I've never heard of that. That sounds cool, though. Yeah. Um, OK. And so it's it's a it's a badass spaghetti Western and it's a perfect example of 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 a character having zero dialogue. And it being so effective. And so why they didn't, I mean, granted, whatever. It's like, you know, this is what it is. But she brings down the film tremendous notches. Yeah, and you you think that maybe she's in there as like the character that's supposed to connect the audience with, you know, what's happening to connect the audience with the protagonist. But I didn't feel any, uh, any... I didn't feel it was hard to connect to Jean-Claude Van Damme's character. I thought as a protagonist, he was very believable. He was, you know, easy to connect to. And again, I just come back to, I I really don't think she was necessary 100% at all. And you could say, okay, was she the love interest? Nope. Did you see her naked in it? Not really. really. Did you want to see her naked in it? No, No, not really either. (laughs) So what, what did she bring to the table? And I, I don't think much, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, And and like you said, I don't want to, I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to pretend to know what it's like to be a a young actress in, in Hollywood and the pressures, like you said. So I don't know the choices that she made, but that doctor should be sued. <laughs> when I will say, I will say, okay, I will give her a little bit of credit. They, cause she's like, I want to save her and you just want to kill a Stratocaster or friend Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> and, and you just want to kill him. And I want to save the, the woman. And uh, so that's the motivation, I guess, is that he doesn't care about her allegedly uh and 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 i'm like well it doesn't really matter because you know if you kill okay yeah because maybe she'll get caught in the crosshairs and die too so there's is that that's the connection that she's the one that's gonna try to keep pearl alive and van damme just wants revenge and okay but they didn't but they didn't play that up enough for that sort of be to be the case Uh, there's so many so many possibilities in this movie. So many places it could have gone, and you're like, "Oh, please go there." And and but they don't, right? No. And I think ha- as a kid, having an overactive imagination, one of the things that I would do is watch movies like Star Wars and then act out my own scenes and then play with like you know the Boba Fett stuff and just yeah. do my own little things. So. I, th- I think I can take pieces that I like about stuff, like like Cyborg. I can take pieces of this movie and then kind of like extrapolate my own working d- version of the film, like sort of in my head and have a good time with it. And then I tend, I think, you know, you've said it before, this podcast is like therapy for you. And yeah. I think it is for me too, because I'm kind of examining how I viewed these things. And I think I did a good job of just 
eh, not paying as much attention to the crap that I didn't like. And you know what? Maybe that's why I can pretty much enjoy every Star Wars film because I kind of <laughs> don't pay attention to the crap that I don't like. I'm, I'm, I give it a pass, right? And in, in this movie, I like, again, like I said, I like the the post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, they're about to go into this little shanty city where he kind of knows the bartender. They do some fun little Albert Pune does some fun little world building in here. Yeah. Uh, it's it's but it's it's as much as I love hardware's world building, this is so many notches below, right? This is just so many notches below hardware. This is like just just putting down the the cement of the world whereas hardware, you know, built the the infrastructure and everything. It went the extra step. But I I feel like they tried to put something down here. They tried to do Something, and I think tried is going to be a word that we're going to use a lot. <laughs> yeah, th- this, this, uh, when they get to that, the village or whatever, which look like the, um, you know, the inside of the, the cow of palace a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it, yeah, it just yeah. looks like a warehouse. I was, it was, it was a little short little scene to just to get to kind of know Jean Claude Van Damme's character, Gibson, just to kind of get to know the two characters. But, it was a short little scene. He even had this little kid getting picked on by this one guy, but then you know, that went really nowhere. And, you know, I, I, it was like, okay, cool. And then we got out of there and I was kind of happy and be well, done with it. Yeah. Right? I get that Van Damme's character has heart. He has that, that's shown early on. It's shown early on yeah. when he's trying to save Pearl. They don't need necessarily, like, again, yeah, you're right. They don't need uh natty nine heart and uh and 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 this guy base that he talks to in the, in the village. I love it. His, his name's base. I'm like, oh yeah. The guitar's got to talk to the bass. Oh my god, <laughs> that's I mean, actually no, kind of clever. <laughs> and, and nobody, nobody was named Mike. Um, I, I would have loved <laughs> a, a harmony. They should have had. They should have had a, a Mike and check and then drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some chick named Harmony instead of Harmonica, you know. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Haley should have been called Harmonica, but whatever. Uh, move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The the next scene we get this real short scene of like Fender making his way on the boat, um, and his <laughs> yeah. crew. This is not this is not the scene that we're thinking of later that you and I talked about offline. Now we'll this that. is this is absurd this, too though. <laughs> yeah. This is just a bunch of dude, dude. Hold on. So, but just the camera dollies across a whole cargo hold of big burly sweaty men just sharpening knives and my yeah. only thought was man that must just stink like dude right just like balls it just you know it smells like balls oh in there. yeah yeah all these Think- meat eating like muscle bound righted out dudes it, it smells like balls and creatine in there i uh. bet you <laughs> i'm like where where's the uh where's the where's the fisting lotion and uh the ky yeah. jelly for this scene oh because it's very God. it's very like erotic in the way that they're kind of all like stroking their sore their knives and like it, yeah it just looks like a gross uh tetanus shot filled sauna run down jesus Disgusting. Yeah, dude, I was just like, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's really gross. It just like, just as like a crew member on the set that day, that's disgusting. Well, I get it. I get it. They're they're like waiting, right? They're brooding. They want to attack. But it's like, oh, I don't know. And it's so slow. And this speaks to your 
trying to fill time. It's such a long extended shot. It goes on for about a minute and a half, which is, a, if you think about it, that's a long time. If I stop, if we stop talking now for a minute and a half, people would be like, ah, that's, what happened to them? They went away forever. That's a long time, dude. Like a minute and a half. Think about it. so. I didn't time it. It might have been longer. It might have been shorter. But still, it felt long to me. It was probably only five seconds, but it felt like a minute and a half. No, it was not five seconds. It was a. It was a lot of time spent on sweaty, oily beefcakes. That's yes. for sure. Yes. Amen to that. Amen. So we cut to Natty and JCVD are basically choosing to walk into the wasteland. She's like, no, not the wasteland. No, you know, it's not even that exciting. It's more like, oh, no, not the wasteland. We shouldn't go in there. So with my lip. And (laughs) I do. You can't go there. I do do like the fact that the wasteland is woods. I kind of thought I dug that, you know, as as someone who grew up around the woods, I could actually kind of like play the scene out in the backyard from with myself. I was like, okay, this is fun. It was something that I understood. And I, in looking back, I actually kind of dig the fact that they call the wasteland, uh, like, you know, or call woods, the wasteland. I thought that was kind of neat, but They quickly run afoul of a gang of, you know, marauders, themed marauders that are all kind of, I thought, kind of neatly dressed in some kind of weird jungle garb. And it wasn't like a jungle garb that we've really seen. It had, like, all kinds of mesh stuff on them. I thought costume design-wise, that was pretty neat. They These guys looked pretty cool. Yeah, for 1989, I felt like it it was fine. I had no problem whatsoever with the costume design for 1989. I felt like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's very obvious that it's budgeted and 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 looks cheap. But I'm okay with that. I was totally fine with that. You're just using whatever. I was really into like the the silver lame that uh, <laughs> JCVD had on underneath his clothes, and uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, a part of me was like, wait, did Bob Kirkman rip off Walking Dead from this with Atlanta and the yeah, wasteland right. <laughs> and the cure being in Atlanta? Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, okay. And so I started giving it credit where it's definitely not due, but just <laughs> nevertheless, I was doing it for to give my to to make it more palatable to 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 fathom this movie. The world building outside in your yeah, your little imagination playing with your toys way better than this movie um yeah but, I, i'm painfully yeah. finding that out as as we move through it <laughs> but i will I, I will say our discussion of it though is really enjoyable so far yeah, i i hope so <laughs> i did i do like some of the fights in here this is um actually might be one of my more favorite fight scenes in the movie um i i just kind of dug it it was fun it didn't overstay its welcome it was quick to the point and I, yeah. I liked that one person that she sort of I think knocks off the, the the top floor and he kind of falls down through the old abandoned stairwell or something yeah it was clearly obviously a you know fake body but as far as fake bodies go it it was pretty good decent oh, uh, for yeah. it was it's, its arms didn't do the weird fake body arms you know yeah. I was like yeah good job on that one guys yeah is is this the reveal of his of his uh knife his boot knife yeah 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 so during this fight you see that gibson has a in his boot he has like a little blade that's almost like um 
um, it's not, it's like a nail. It's not even like really a knife, but it's like a blade that can shoot out the front of it. And he uses it to slash one of the Marauder's throats. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I, yeah. I, I was, yeah, so far th- this, this was like, okay, the movie's starting to redeem itself a little bit because right after this, that's when I wrote down that Natty sucks, but she had a moment of, 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 of being decent because she's like, cause he tells her to stay behind or hide or whatever. And she's like, I guess I should have listened to you and smiles. And I'm like, oh, that was actually, that was a good scene for you. Yeah, no, that this was, this is more, this was one of the highlights of the film. And as I was watching it again, I was like, okay, I remember why I liked it. And it, I think this one scene kind of does hold up. And I feel like, you know, we've really been shitting on this hard. I want to try to spotlight at least the the few times that I like something. And Zach's, I can see Zach in the Skype video just shaking his head no, (laughs) No, vigorously no. (laughs) We're not shitting on on this movie outside of the fact that we're we're calling a spade a spade. Uh, Yeah, James Spader a James Spader. Yeah, (laughs) like I want to love this movie, but its shortcomings are so short. Uh, and, And clearly, like... It is it is falling into the category that so many straight to video movies did. Uh, this movie was a theatrical film. I, I like I said earlier, I, I saw it in the in the theater with my mom uh, at the time, and so. But if it, if it came out a year later, it would have been you know in the ninety nine cent rental bin. Seriously, <laughs> good call. Good good point on that one. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I guess, well, and I guess really all, all, all that being said, you know, uh, nemesis was, which came out after this, in my opinion is a far, well, this is under the, the lens that I saw when I was a kid also, but I remember nemesis being better than cyborg for the fact that it had a better supporting cast, you know? I want to see Nemesis again because I only saw it once and I remember hating it. So oh, I would like to see that yeah, again to see how I, it holds up compared to this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm definitely going to watch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, let me know, please. Oh, and let me know where it's streaming to when you find it. Oh, it's um, on it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. All right. Maybe I'll check it out then. Uh, so Natty and JCVD, they basically arrive at the beach. They're, they're waiting for <laughs> yeah. Fender's boat to go by. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you're just going to wait there for his boat to just like quietly drift by. But it gives us an opportunity for to see Natty skinny dip in the ocean and kind of run off, you know, into the into the water, you know, naked. And as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, yes, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a glimmer at first. I'm like, I, I wrote down, um, okay, naked. So, yeah. uh, and, 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 and I'm, and I said, well, you still suck though. You, you, you still suck. So are we, to- I could just, I literally just picture you just like, like as she's running off naked, just, just glaring at her. Just, I hate <laughs> put, you so yeah, much. Put your clothes back on. Damn it. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, so- <laughs> Frank, be a man, Frank. God damn it. So I, are we to believe at this point that they're ahead of the pirate ship? Yes. Yes. So, so wow. if it took that amount of time, why didn't Fender just go that way? But I guess he wouldn't have had to deal with the Marauders, right? I guess that that's the point right there. Okay, but he's like the baddest man on the planet, and he's got the largest it, it, army. It, well, yeah, he he looks like the NWO towards the end of its kind of as it started to fold in the in WCW where Hulk Hogan and his group had like 20 members of the NWO. And like, you're like, why is that guy in the NWO? He sucks. 
Flash <laughs> Norton? Like, no, why? What? This no, like this is lame. Now this that's kind of the vibe I got with 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 that gang. Was like, wait, he's got a big ass gang. He could take out anybody except for JCVD. Yeah. Except for JCVD. Unless he's on a beach, then you can take him out real good. Yeah. But <laughs> Natty getting naked but we, though is hilarious. Like, I'm just gonna take my clothes off and jump in the water. Yay! Like, what the? F- well, it does. It does lead to the them drying off by the campfire, and <laughs> Natty tries to seduce Gibson by exposing one of her breasts. And I gotta say, yeah, as a kid, oh. as a kid, I thought that this was a lot more boob than it actually turned out to be. And as my forty-one-year-old self is watching it, as the honorably horny Corey is watching this as his forty-one-year-old self, I'm like, oh. Well, that was very disappointing. <laughs> there was not much there to see. Yeah, I was I was disappointed too. I was just like, ooh, no, I didn't want to see that because she no. she looks she she looks post apocalyptic and uh, and not, not in a good way. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't need to see this. I don't need to see uh, half of a boob, like the top portion of the nipple, the areola, if you will. Like it was, no, I, 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 I just didn't like it, as Soupy Sales would say. Uh, you know, I'm. I was like, no, please put your put your top back on. And I love Van Damme's reaction where he's like, no, no, we're yeah, not doing this. It, but as a kid, man, I was like, I thought this was like the bee's knees, you know? Like I was, oh yeah, cyborg. And I can only imagine. Every time I watched it, I was probably a bit disappointed. But at the same time, when you're that young, you're like happy to see any sort of boob at all. It didn't matter. And, True. you know, her, her, you get to, I got to see her butt. So for me, as a kid, I was like, oh, this is a win. This is a win right here. But, you know, it was not a win for Natty as she gets rejected by JCVD, which has got to make you feel terrible in a, in a post-apocalyptic world. And you're a, you know, fairly young lady that <laughs> you would be rejected. Uh, it must feel pretty pretty shitty but we do find out like sort of why he's uh he rejects her because he flashes back to being on the farm and he's like making love to the to the short-haired lady and (laughs) to the short-haired lady (laughs) short-haired lady with the the big teeth i'm uh i've stopped tracking names at this point (laughs) and uh (laughs) i'm tracking hair and teeth but uh it was an it was a terrible love scene by the way terrible love scene Oh yeah, no, for sure, no, absolutely terrible. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know kissing, kissing, uh, you know, leaning into a kiss could elicit such an emotion from. But I did like uh, you, you. You see, you see Fender after they've all they've yeah. they've you know done their thing. <laughs> they've all angry. done their thing, and Fender's sitting standing there. And I will say this: I will say this to give credit where credit is due. I like, even though Jean Claude Van Damme's wig is terrible, I like the fact that Fender has a different hairstyle back here back then. I like that he's got different glasses. I like how even his his gang member guy, the one that is on screen left, his right is still his gang member later, right? Yeah. With different different Continuity. clothes. And then screen right, Fender's left, is his second in command guy who later who later has a huge scar on his face and his yeah. hair is all grown out. So I, I do like the fact and I applaud them for attempting to visually show that some, some kind of time has passed, you know, for these characters and things have happened because I do believe, and I, truly like we've all seen it before. They could, they could, Albert Pune could have said, 
the audience is stupid. If we do a flashback to Fender, just you got to just make them look exactly the same, right? Just so the audience can understand it. And I like the fact that they tried to to go with logic and say these characters wouldn't look the same. Yeah, I love that scene where he's leaning over and, and watching Van Dam. So as Van Dam's laying asleep with his girl, they pan up and and Fender's there with his, his gang, like leaning over them, looking through a window on the ground floor of the house or whatever. And that is creepy for sure. I, I do love that. Uh, I didn't love the fact that the back of Fender's hair was bleached, curly blonde, like Kurt Henning <laughs> from Mr. Perfect from the WWF. I'm like, wait, what <laughs> is that why he's angry? Because he got a bad dye job and he's like pissed off about this. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you that the, those things are all good things. All good things. <laughs> yes, those things are all good things wrapped wrapped around wrapped up in poop. But um, <laughs> so Natty, then to previous discuss, um, what we said earlier, uh, Natty saying uh, you're not going to be here when I wake up. She said that prior to the flashback, but now we get her waking up and he's still there. So I was like, why'd they even put that dialogue? in there i he and he should have left her as well you know he should have left her behind it's such a one night stand comment like are you gonna be here in the morning when i wake up and a a one night stand without the one night stand that's (laughs) what was kind of weird so i I almost wonder if if it was you know what if it was filmed with them having sex but then jean-claude van damme made it you know in his in his cut in his edit made it so that they didn't or something i don't know you know maybe albert pune initially wanted them to have sex it doesn't matter it doesn't matter guys it doesn't matter because he's still there um and and so is fender ship it's it's you know slowly rolling down down the the canal or whatever it is i know I like wait, on the ocean what? where are they so they you shot know? this they shot this in north carolina you said right something like that uh yeah i think yeah i think that's where yeah i mean yes that's what i heard and i and i get that they were having to travel from new york on this giant broken down ship i could just imagine like i would have been it funny if he's like we, we could have been there by now if we would have walked <laughs> <Yeah>. damn it <laughs> <sighs> where's the greyhound okay. bus i like buses <laughs> i like these buses <laughs> yeah <laughs> But we're so here's what I want to talk to you about. We talked about a little bit offline, but let's put it on on film here. There's a shot right now that is inserted where you see a naked, sweaty lady sort of laying on a table, and then the camera sort of pans down and 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 or dollies across, and guys are sort of asleep naked or whatever. I was more just like sort of blown away by the naked lady, but you know, (laughs) and then it cuts to like the whole pearl thing. But was that? Was that shot new? Like, what was that? And it looked like it was wasn't like processed as much. I don't remember that shot. Yeah, I don't. Rem- I don't either. Um, my my thirteen year old mind obviously blocked that out back in the day. But this, yeah, I again, it was like, it was it was it was just like a time shot. Like they put it in there to to take up more time to pad the movie. I guess. Well, at least it had a naked lady in it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, yeah, like have some, I don't know. She's just laying there. Everyone looks like they're on drugs. So you're like, maybe they really were on drugs. You know, maybe there was like so much, you know, I don't know. It just, it just, yeah, it was really felt weird (laughs) to me. I felt (laughs) dirty. I was like, I should. I I felt dirty. (laughs) 
uh, we do get a flashback to Pearl being chosen for the mission. Uh, you know, she, basically, I think she was living in some kind of underground sort of place, and you you see the surgery that she undergoes to become the titular cyborg. Yes. And they even had to re-emphasize her eyeball being, you know, Ooh, yeah. robotic or whatever, which was a neat little. That was a neat little scene with eyeball comes out and does that like multi-tiered, uh, you know, umbrella sort of thing. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I dug that. That was yeah. neat. Yeah, and and I I, I like the idea. I'm like, wait, so you, they totally hollowed out her body and put an android in there? Like, wow, that's some that was some that's going deep cover, deep cover for sure. Larry <laughs> yeah, Fishburne, yeah, deep seriously. cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Jesus! <laughs> and I never picked up on the fact. Uh, so when they were in New York, they wanted to. So the flashbacks were her in atlanta and they she was supposed to go to atlanta to new york and then back to atlanta so she is she's she already did the second half of her trip they got whatever they had to get she was getting the the cure and now she's bringing it back right yes yes yeah she went on her mission to new york to get the cure and is coming back to atlanta to say whatever use it yeah use that info but Right, and as as a kid, I didn't quite track or understand that, but I I, I did now. So I can see hey, why. You know, po- points to me, right? <laughs> points to forty one year old me. Points away from twelve year old me because he just did not do a good job with this movie. <laughs> yeah, right, you, so. at, at this point in this in in this in this stage of the Jeopardy game, you are like you know, we, both of us are so negative. And then we're like, yay, we just went up $200, but we still are in the hole 3000 <laughs> Yeah, right. So it doesn't make any bit of difference no, whatsoever. No. no. <laughs> so basically, uh, JCVD and Natty, they uh, they end up at like a, a dock, you know, where Fender's boat is, uh, but there's no Fender. And they see like a factory off in the distance. Um, and, and they're like, okay, let's, you know, they just like, all right, going to go there, I guess, right? Yeah. And you see that, that Fender is kind of watching them and he tells his uh, second in command. That's, that's not his second in command. When I was, I, I tracked the guy he tells him to go get him as his second in command the one he kills in the sewers yeah that's, that's brick that's Bardo. his in, yeah that's, that's his enforcer the second in command is is who he fights uh, at the end in the uh the rain yes. um but uh i kind of tracked it differently and it's kind of cool i was like okay i noticed that difference now um but uh basically natty and jcvd are, are walking into a trap uh, J- uh gibson tells natty you know stay put of course, she doesn't fucking stay put because nope. she's the worst ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she gets captured by Fender in the factory. Uh, so Gibson has to fight his way through a few of the pirates until Fender shoots him in the arm, which doesn't quite seem to do too much damage to JCVD, but that's just because he's JC fucking VD. <laughs> well, and he's fucking bulletproof. Yeah, he, he he's he's kicking ass at one point, and then suddenly he he gets knocked down, and just everybody gangs up on him, which kind of yeah. makes sense at, at this point. I, I kind of like that that they gave him. Uh, he was, you know, he's he's humanistic. He's not a he's human. He, yeah, like he can take yeah, out one not, guy on his own, but he can't take out like three guys. That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, we find out that one of the female pirates is actually uh the kids in the one of the the girl in the flashback because yeah. the flashback that the two kids were a girl and a boy uh with the mom with the short hair and the, the teeth yeah so. yeah yeah they reveal because <laughs> she's wearing the 
St. Christopher medal that he wore when he had his terrible wig on and he must have given yeah. it to her. Yeah. And so Gibson does his awesome move where he throws this knife at uh, at Fender, but Fender kind of like you know dodges it because he's yeah. he's so badass. But it kind of gives uh, 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 JCVD a chance to sort of you know make a run for it, and he circles back around and sort of rescues Natty and and Pearl. But Pearl, I found this to be kind of interesting. She yeah. but she doesn't go with JCVD because she doesn't think he's strong enough to get her to Atlanta. Uh, yeah to atlanta but he's like what about fender and she's like well i'll lead him into a trap and and kill him but yeah i thought that was kind of neat she was like no the mission comes first like not me being saved by you and even though fender's the bad guy yeah clearly he's still the from what i can see he's still the stronger of the he's the logical choice to get me there alive yeah which i I thought was kind of a cool thing it is it is it's yeah it's very cool it's a nice little plot twist because you expect it's going to go down the the cliche route where they 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 go off with him um i do want to back up a little bit when he's fighting earlier in the in, in that scene he is on like a bar like a metal bar and he and he's and he's trying to break the bar and it's the first it's the first kind of yell slash scream that we're about to get more of later on in the movie where he's like just this weird guttural like come on come on trying to break the bar which he does and it's a cool moment because they they speed up the camera and he's like swinging through and that's cool but i just i had to point out this that weird kind of guttural like thing yeah i yeah i did (laughs) skip over like a a fight scene where he fights a guy on a catwalk that the, I think the guy you probably noted or picked up on with the wig, that's yeah. the guy who has the two blades. And I, it's kind of a cool shot where Jean-Claude Van Damme runs towards him and the guy runs towards uh, Gibson. And yeah. that was kind of a neat little thing. The, the knife fight wasn't the best like knife choreography fight I've ever seen, no, but the, the true highlight of that fight is the guy's terrible ass wig. And you just, you wonder why he has the wig because I would get it if if as a goon he was going to get killed by maybe a shot to the head so they had to put you know the squib under the wig so you know and then maybe to kind of get you used to it they gave him yeah. a wig the entire time anyways they didn't go that route no. he's just a guy that that John Claude Van Damme like kills and I'm just like why did he have to wear a wig yeah you know? I don't I know I just again I don't get the whole wig thing I I mean like because yeah. everybody has a wig on and and I just uh you know, but then you look at the the female uh, pirates, and they don't have wigs on, and they kind of look done up. Like one of them, she's got like this. One, there's one in my opinion, really attractive uh, pirate chick who's like kind of a mu- muscle and fitness person. She looks like a model or whatever, and she's kind of done up and like a really like she's got makeup on and shit. And I'm like, okay, they they clearly wanted to like make her look good, and then the other guys they look so bad with these just mops on their heads, it literally looks like a mop. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> like they just threw, I think literally looks like a mop. Oh, yeah. just, just, you cut, you just plop, put a mop right on their head. And that's what it looks like. You, you're almost waiting for it to literally come off. When, yeah, when John Claude Van Damme kicks the guy. I, I'm I gonna, agree. I'm going to say, so uh, John Philbin, who was in new kids and return to living dead. Uh, when I did an interview with him, uh, uh, on $2 late fee, he talked about how when he filmed North Shore, he cut all his hair off. So they had to bring him back for reshoots and they put a wig on his head. And so the the final scene of the movie, he's wearing a wig. And I honestly, you can't tell that thing looks so damn good. So that being said, 
why couldn't they make these wigs look better? I know I keep harping on the hair, but it's a big, important thing. It's really distracting. It, it is, and it, it takes you out of it. I completely yeah. agree with you, dude. It's very distracting. I, you don't gain anything from it. That's the problem. No. Like, the movie doesn't gain anything from the wigs. It only loses value because of it. And I understand why maybe one of the characters would have a wig. One of the three guys you see in that flashback that's with Fender. Yeah. Um, maybe give one of them the wig. But then, like, all of his goons have wigs. It's almost like they were like, well, we don't know which one's going to be shown in the flashback. So just give them all wigs, right? Give them all wigs. And I got to say... I got to say, I'm watching the documentary on this, and they're talking to one of the producers, and apparently, like, on the first day of shooting, uh, they they had technical problems where they found out in the dailies that all the, the everything was basically over all, overexposed because the film the film had been stored improperly and too hot. So essentially it already started developing oh, when they no. shot it. So whole, whole thing was a waste, right? But the, 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 the takeaway is, is that while everyone's watching the dailies, no one wants to say, you know, there's a problem, but like makeup's like, oh, oh makeup looks good. And then like, you know, the, the fighter choreography is like, oh, oh, the fights look good. And uh, basically like everyone's chiming in on their department looks yeah. good, you yeah. know. And wow. and one of, one of the examples he, he says, the producer that they're talking to, he's like, and, and the wig department was like, oh, and the wigs look good. And then, and no. then but everyone's like, you know, and then it, it, it's like, fuck me, right? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the whole film's overexposed. But the, the point is that he literally says in the documentary the wig department thought their shit looked good wow and it doesn't oh wow that that's that hurts even more to know that fun fact because they're just wow oh that's just it's bad it's bad (laughs) you almost feel bad for them you're like oh no you think this looks good but no it doesn't no (laughs) you, you think you look cool but you don't look cool sorry yeah yeah, seriously. All right, so let's move forward. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like we're like three quarters of the way through the movie. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, I know. Um, so JCVD, A.K. Gibson, is running off. He's basically carrying Natty. Uh, you know, he's getting the fuck out of there essentially. Yeah. That's and cool. He goes like to the sewers, yep. and he goes down into the sewers as that big guy is chasing him, and Rick kind Bardo. of like another. Yeah, and then a couple other people are sort of like in hot pursuit. Yeah. And I like this the 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 sewer scene. I like this set. And as a kid, I guess I you know I probably didn't know why or whatever, but I always thought it was kind of impressive. Now knowing that this is a uh, you know probably a set that was going to be used in either the ill-fated uh, canon Spider-Man movie that never happened, or in Masters of the Universe two. Who who knows which one? But this uh, cyborg used both movie sets, so who knows which one this was going to be used for. But uh, again, it's another piece of goodness that comes out of this film yeah. is this cool little sewer scene yeah. that I think is is really effective. It's really it's scary. You know, you you kind of feel it that you know Gibson's being chased, and I'm not going to lie, man, I still think it's a cool ass shot with uh, Rick Bardo. Is that his name? Yeah, Rick Bardo. Yeah. Brick Bardo is like standing in the water and he looks up and JCVD's doing the splits above him. I mean, it's iconic at this point. And yeah. that whole scene where he's like, 
he screams and then yeah. you know you don't know what happens i wish you could see what happens but whatever it doesn't matter the whole thing i think is 100 percent effective and one of the few highlights of the film yeah i i will say i will just to slightly disagree with you i think it's important that they should they should have showed brick bardo get uh the sword through his head they should have. That should have been a, a, a money shot where they see, you know, just to, to, instead of just cutting away. Um, yeah. I feel like that was it really would have kind of, you know, put an exclamation point on what was already a pretty cool scene going through the sewer. The amount of screaming that goes on during this sequence, though, is so distracting to me because it's like such guttural, annoying yelling and i'm like what what is this this serves no purpose whatsoever to me yeah yeah and i feel like i feel like i read or have heard that there was they actually filmed the shot of the blade like going into his head i think they you know i think they even you know made a cast made a fake head you know or whatever okay I, i could be completely wish fulfillment making that up i don't know um but kind of to to roll back to what we were saying at the beginning of the movie how I think tonally it started super violent, or at least you thought it was going to start super violent. But again, none of the deaths sort of happen on screen. They all happen yeah. around it, around the screen. You don't actually get to see it. But yet, tonally, you think the movie's going to be super violent because, again, for the third time, I'm going to say there's a naked, crucified lady <laughs> know. at the beginning of this fucking movie with, like, bush and all. Like, that's... That should tell you, inform the viewer what the hell you're to expect. And I don't think that the movie ever, ever lives up to that. It never lives up to that level of violence, clearly. And it, I think it sets the wrong tone for it. Yeah, I, I, there are movies when there's implied violence or there's implied gore. Uh, well, no, not implied gore. There are movies when there's implied violence, for sure. Um, and it works. It didn't work with this. Like there's that scene yeah. early in the in the in the beginning of the movie when uh, they're at the when um, when Fender Stratocaster is getting the boat and they he takes a like a wood stick and is about to stick it in the, in the guy's mouth. Uh, one of the people in the village or whatever, like he's gonna impale him in this stick, and you're like, "Ooh, that's really gross. That's really cool." Um, there needed to be fo- a follow up to that. I don't know. There should have been. I. And no, I I actually like that you brought that up because I I forgot about it right now, but I did notice it when I was watching it at the time, and I was like, "Fuck, that's pretty brutal." Now, in this particular case, I like that you didn't see what happened because my imagination filled it in. Yeah, but okay. that that was again some of the cool shit in this movie. But uh, sadly, it's like one cool thing, and then you get like three shitty things you know the the ratio is just way too (laughs) off yeah the ratio is way off because because (laughs) after after brick bardo dies you're like okay well there wasn't as much of a payoff as i had hoped there would be uh and his his girlfriend i'm assuming it's his girlfriend the the gang member that finds him and she screams there is one shot of gore coming up with her that is a payoff and I'm like, oh, at least they showed that. Well, if they showed that, why couldn't they have shown the other things too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, yeah, we'll get to that in one second. So uh, Natty's kind of awake now, conveniently, and uh, <laughs> and her, her and Gibson kind of make their way out of the sewer, and then they're like running in like some kind of weird marshland kind yeah. of thing, and they're being pursued by kind of 
all the gang members are it's like a clown car they just keep popping out of the yeah. sewer that's the sewer that is weirdly in sand i guess but uh <laughs> hey whatever it's it's north carolina i guess uh but uh so they're getting chased and uh natty gets kind of run down by the 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 fitness the strong amazonian gang member which yeah. you know again you can only have the females fight the females whereas i think yeah. nowadays you could probably get away with with having you know more of a you know a mixed fight but uh then we see natty cuts off her the the amazon girl's hand yeah that was cool that that was a cool that was the one Second cool scene Natty had. Second. Right. Yeah. So she she cuts off her hand and then she kind of like does she hit the girl as the girl hits her? Anyways, they both sort of get knocked out, but you know, Natty gets knocked out, but the Amazon lady gets killed and yeah. uh, you know, bleeds out or whatever in in the marsh. Um I mean that was pretty cool. I like that little fight scene. I liked seeing her hand get cut off. And then JCVD's kind of fighting a bunch of different dudes. But kind of like taking him out one at a time. He kills the 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 guy with the boots, right? With the cowboy boots, with the yes. pulled back hair. Yeah, that was a little bit unceremonious. I thought his yeah. his death. I thought he could have done a little bit more because he was back there from the beginning. That yeah. that villain, that uh, guy, was one of Fender's in command guys. You know, one of his top tier generals. Yeah. Um, but then then he fights that. That big beefy guy, right? That yeah. other beef beefcake dude that's in the that's in the lineup at the beginning of the movie, the Fender lineup, right? <laughs> yeah, that that guy reminded me of in uh, the movie Reanimator. There's like this big muscle bound. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, is that the same guy? I didn't do a I didn't do a check on that, but I felt well, like I it will say been. that the the Reanimator guy fought a little bit more believably. Oh my the Reanimator God. zombie fought more believably than this goon dude. dude. He was that guy was if he's on fender's team he's only for intimidation because he can't fight worth shit yeah the, 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 this i wrote down man these these fight scenes these are so boring like they're not they're they're so like uh for a martial arts movie because i consider this a martial arts uh science fiction film the natty had a better fight sequence with the other with the muscle fitness chick than than these guys than jcvd did and and it's so it's so slowly choreographed like jcvd can go and he can go fast but it's 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 so like let me show you this one kick and this one punch and again i've used a lot of wrestling references i'll use another one it reminds me of the old days of wrestling when all the wrestlers could do was punch and kick and then as it, as they got more as they got better they could do the the high flying shit and the uh you know but this was just like a clothesline a punch a kick and then jean claude's doing he's not doing too much like he's not doing his signature moves like he did in bloodsport you know he did the splits but he didn't do like a split kick and he didn't do a spinning yeah. kick or he didn't you know or or any sort of like the the crotch punch like he does you know it's like he wasn't doing any of his his greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, he well, he's he's building up to him I I'd I'd say. But yeah, yes. it the the fighting it's 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 serviceable, but it's not ever too too exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I let me rephrase that. At its best, it's serviceable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like it, it's that's its best case scenario. Um and in in to that effect, 
the the we we talked earlier about the blade that's in his boot. He kicks one goes to kick one of the guys and the guy breaks the blade. It's not even Fender. He doesn't even try to use the yeah. blade on Fender. So even the blade doesn't even serve too much of a purpose. I was like, oh, because I as a kid I remember the blade getting broken. I was like, oh, I thought Fender did it. And it's like just random goon guy did it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's a you know, the blade should have gotten a little bit more fanfare, a little bit more fan service. The the same can be said with his with his cool rifle that he has, uh, because he, he uses I counted, he shoots it four times, he gets four shots out, and then he goes to reload and then suddenly it's gone. Like he loses it. Yeah. You know, and you're yeah, like, no, oh, that's, that's a, it. And I like, and it, and it's like an air rifle too, which is, yeah. I thought that was really fucking neat. This, I gotta say, Cyborg, I think it could be remade. It oh, should be one of those movies you it remake should. it and you take all the cool parts. You take all these, like, if you add up all the cool parts in this fucking movie, it's probably about 10%. You just take all those cool parts, you throw the other fucking 90% away, and then you make Cyborg remake with just that 10%. And one of the things to do is make his fucking weapons, like, give them a little bit more personality because they looked yeah. cool. Like, again, they start with something. There's a foundation of something cool here, a cool idea. Uh, his gun is shoots, you know, it's an air gun, so he doesn't have to, like, you know, worry about bullets and making sound and stuff. So maybe show him be a bit more sneaky with it and whatnot. I don't know, right? Have him do the blade thing on his, his foot a couple more times, but then have it fucking broken by Fender, like, in the fight at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, this... I th- This... They just didn't execute it enough. It was so it was so kind of uh, such an afterthought. Where movies up to this point didn't do stuff like that. It it was so just like, oh, this would be cool, and they just they didn't use it the way they should have. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, yeah. um, and this movie did have a sequel. Nemesis is also somewhat of a prequel slash sequel to this too. So this did garner enough popularity to to make a, a little bit of a franchise off of it. And it should. Wait a minute. I, f- I feel like you just buried the lead. Are you, is Nemesis a shared universe with Cyborg? Yes, it is. Oh my god! And and there's, right. and there's four of those. I think. I think there's four or five Nemesis films. Nemesis actually was more successful than Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see. I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. Let's let's move this forward. Uh, he gets beat up. You know, he gets subdued. He wakes up on the beach. He gets beat up some more. And Fender is like, he basically walks down to him as you know, Jean Claude Van Damme's on the ground, already beat up and subdued yeah. by by the by the gang. Fender does his like march entrance. You know, he marches in and just they have we have this now we get this little fight between a beat up JCVD and Fender. And let me tell you, man, Fender is all torso and haymakers. He's got no finesse he just no. he just throws himself at you yeah. as as like a plotting machine and uh yeah man just just kick him in the nards man wolfman's got nards just kick him right in there and I he's know. not doing any defensive maneuvering he's all haymaker haymaker and jaw like yeah. sticking his jaw out and yeah. we're gonna talk about that in the rain so let's just <laughs> yeah. uh let's just let's just get to the crucifixion okay okay <laughs> sounds good let's get to goddamn crucifixion just God get when you get to the goddamn figure out when jesus rises from the grave god damn it god damn it <laughs> god damn it <laughs> god damn it make me a man uh, i love how we have our own inside jokes now um <laughs> Uh, so Fender and his gang, they crucify JCVD to a boat mast. It's like, holy fuck. That's, that's kind of brutal, man. I'm not going to lie. Again, tonally, 
that's fucking brutal. Oh, and it looks cool. Like, <laughs> as far as crucifixions go, it looks cool. Like he he, he it looks painful. Uh, JCVD looks beat up, and he's you know, and 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 he's it's 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 a great scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's honestly, yeah. Again, another piece of goodness let's let's call a spade a spade and uh this part's pretty decent um so you know to 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 summon the strength of that jcvd needs to free himself from the cross he has to kind of like flash back to when his his you know the the incident with fender and you know his love yeah and then the kids and everything and you find out that you know what the full extent of the damage essentially and what we see is that fender kind of rigs up this this jigsaw you know saw sort of scenario which i think is quite brilliant actually oh, yeah, where he puts great. he puts jcvd the the girl and the the son, the kid the one the boy yeah. in a like a well bucket and he's holding them up like his goons are holding them up in the air from the from the well but they're they're using barbed wire and obviously the goons are holding the barbed wire in between the blades um fender takes the girl of the two kids he takes the girl and makes her hold the barbed wire (laughs) while the goons release their hands so of course she can't hold the weight of you know 300 pounds of of human right so they fall down thus also ripping up her hands in the process because of the of the barbed wire and that's fucking brutal man i think as far as like backstory goes as far as scenes go that was a that was pretty inspired scenario as far as like writing goes oh yeah as far as making them a bad guy yeah it is it is one of the uh i'd say the third highlight of this movie third or fourth highlight of this movie for sure it's so brutal uh and and it's so painful to watch it's it's um very effective in the motivator being being the, the thing that kind of pushes him out of to get out because they show him like getting coming out of the uh the well and and the girl uh you know bad southern accent girl she she's in dead in the well and and just there's enough illusion you don't again you don't have to go too too detailed on this to this is this is a perfect example of less is more yeah, but you know, showing her dead in there in the well—that yeah. that was it was effective. It totally, was yeah, effective. All of this was was effective. You know, it's just—I mean, my God, it's 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 a it's amazing how there's so many good little nuggets just surrounded by shit, right? Yeah. It's, but the, but the and I think, like I said before, I think it's because as a kid, man, I could just extrapolate the good shit focus on it and and you know move past the bad shit but you get older and your time's a bit more valuable and you're like mm, now i'm watching 80 minutes of shit you yeah know? <laughs> yeah i know I, I think at this point i was like yeah no you, you're not you're not gonna win me over cyborg you're not winning me over this isn't doing it for me <laughs> you're not doing it for me cyborg yes. so he yeah. summons the strength to basically you know f- to to get off that cross he well he basically he kicks the cross he breaks it below his feet so he has to so he falls to the ground still on the cross and yeah. then natty comes up and you know okay now she's gonna rescue him and i guess another reason natty you know to have the character there except i think if 
you know, if you didn't have Natty there, I think Gibson could have still freed himself from the cross without her help, and it would have still been just as effective. Yeah, I agree. It would have been more effective uh, if, if he Pro- was able probably. to pull his, you know, rip his arms out or whatever. But he was so wrapped up in that rope. I'm like, there's no way that he's going to be able to do this. I don't think. But yeah, it 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 it's a total rebirth scenario where now he has yeah. the motivation um to go and you know move on to the finale i did say at this point i'm like he's got weird nipples he's got weird nipples <laughs> i noticed that too he he because there's a shot where the he's laying on his back and the camera is kind of right down by his nipple and i noticed that too i was like man that's a weird fucking nipple <laughs> yeah. what's up with that nipple dude i want to know <laughs> Well, you <laughs> what know, what did you do to your so, nipple, man? So, you know, The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, apparently had uh, nipple surgery or pec surgery because he had nipples like that back in the day. Uh, oh, big or sort of the like? Are they just big puffy nipples or something? Yeah. And then like, and like, no matter how big your your muscles are, your your nipples always gonna like be like protruding out or whatever. I think that's due to steroids. I think I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh, because uh, the estrogen or whatever, I guess. Yeah, or I don't I, know how steroids work. I think so because you would see a lot of a lot of wrestling guys in the 80s and early 90s looking like that with those weird kind of got them nips. Yeah, them nips. really shaky, <laughs> shaky pecs. You know, Van Dam is yeah. chiseled like he, the guy, but again, Van Dam's really tiny too. He's like five. I think he's five six or five seven. He's he's a well, he's not a tall guy. No, 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 and and his height is. Uh, one of the reasons after he, after they scrapped the original Predator design, he yeah. he was the original Predator that he was supposed to wear the outfit and everything. Um, but they used him when Dutch, when Arnold Schwarzenegger's character Dutch is squaring off against the Predator in the water, kind of yeah. like when they're sort of halfway up. It's at the end of the movie. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme does a lot of the, when you see the back of Dutch and you in the cameras facing the Predator, they use Jean Claude Van Damme does a body double there because he's he's a lot shorter than Arnold Schwarzenegger, but his body is kind of shaped the same way. Like he kind of has the same sort of mass to him, but he's yeah. just shorter, so it's perfect. So he can he made the Predator it made the Predator look bigger essentially for at, for wide angle shots. Yes, yeah, I mean, and yeah. I uh, I love seeing that test footage of him in the gear, and he just looks like with his giant glasses on, you know. And he's like, yeah. What am I doing? What am I yeah. doing with myself? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I got to go make Cyborg. Um, <clears throat> but uh, all right, so we do get a quick uh, sort of conversation between Fender and Pearl. Oh, yeah. I want to talk know, about this. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So he's like, he's like, what is waiting for me in Atlanta? (laughs) And and she's like, oh, you know, I'll I'll give you the cures, whatever you want. He's like, no. What is waiting for me? You know, and (laughs) and it's all like this long shot from a distance. So the whole thing is ADR. But before you shit on it, I gotta say it's better than that new kids ADR that we saw. (laughs) It is. I totally agree. And the music in this is way better than a lot of the music in New Kids. Um, However. That it's so laughable because at one point, you know, she's yeah, she's like, I'm a, I, I'm only gonna do what you do, or I, I follow you, and he's like, you know, don't talk down to me. Like he gets like really whiny at her. 
Like, <laughs> like it's almost like this like little kid, like, don't make fun of me. And it's such a weird response. And I'm like, dude, you're not sounding convincing right now. That that was that was a bad choice. That was a bad choice. Yeah, yeah, no. That was that wasn't that was not one of the good stuff, as we would say. No. But um we also see that JCVD is all healed up now though. Miraculously. <laughs> yeah. He's well, got you know after Yeah, yeah yes. Yes, dude, bro. I mean, so he got crucified. So Gibson got crucified. The character gets crucified and is resurrected with like, he's got the the holes in his forearms. They're not quite in his hands. I mean, thank God they didn't make it go through his hands, right? Yeah. So the holes are in his forearm, but, you know, clearly they don't offer any kind of pain to him or anything. They They don't slow him down a bit. He just heals it so... He's Jesus, right? Like that's 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 what he is in this movie. Yeah. He's just post-apocalyptic Jesus. I guess he is. I mean, look, I I'm always a fan of continuity when it comes to pain. Um, you know, as far as like, and I keep using wrestling references, so I'm going to use another one. And by the way, Jean Claude Van Damme was on like on an episode of WCW Nitro back in the day. Uh, I think he did like <laughs> a fake kick to somebody. But um, uh, you know, when a wrestler gets their leg injured. Uh, from the figure four leg, leg lock, and then they get out of the leg lock and they're nursing the leg, right? And 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 they maybe nurse the leg through the rest of the entire match, which is really badass because I'm like, of course that would hurt, you know? Or eventually the, it kind of wears off. I love when that happens. There's a, that great Western Django, the original Django movie, uh, the spaghetti Western Italian uh, Django gets his, he either gets his hands shot or he gets crucified, something like that. But they, they put holes in his hand and, and so he can't use them, you know, and he's still able to fire off the gun with these like deformed mangled hands, which I think is mm. so fucking cool because it's like, you can still through that pain, you work through the pain versus it just suddenly being gone and, and having like more energy now. You know, it's what he shot a Red Bull in the back and he's like, ah, I've got wings, you know, and it's like taken off and (laughs) JCVD's got wings. So because that's what happens to him at this point. You're like, "Uh, dude, you were getting your ass handed to you. And now you're just going. It's it's like uh, you started the first level of Double Dragon all over again with unlimited lives. (laughs) Nice. Good one, dude. Good one. I like that one. (laughs) Good old Double Dragon. I love Double Uh, Dragon. By the way, I will yeah, tell you, I play, I played that game with, uh, with my son Bodhi, uh, fairly recently, and you get to the point because you get more attributes as time goes on, right? And you can do more shit. And the one point when you you grab the guy's hair and you just start kneeing his head with your <laughs> with your knee, and then you toss him over your shoulder. And I'm playing it with Bodhi, and and I didn't know that I forgot that that happened. And Bodhi goes, "Wow," <laughs> I go, I go, yeah, that was re- that was really messed up, right? He goes. Yeah, but wow. But wow. Like, you're okay. like, uh-oh. Shit. <laughs> Off. Welcome to a whole new world of video game fun. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, did you like the, did you, going back to your Kirkman ripping off Cyborg, did you like the shot of them walking into Atlanta with the very bad, well, a good matte painting, but a bad insertion into a matte painting? Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's walking dead totally ripped that yeah. off totally <laughs> but, but did it much much better well of course yeah look and uh, and i'm okay with you ripping something off as long as you do it as good or better and you know yes the case in point yes. tarantino and shit like that just yeah 
do it do it yeah. good do it do it right johnny if you do it better it's an homage just yes. remember that kiddos yes <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, is this and, the point and where so the that guy brings us Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, this brings us into basically our final set piece uh, in the rain fight, which I like this set. Uh, I'm just going to call yeah, it out right at the too. top. This whole this whole section, this whole set was is really, really cool. I will say, I guess one piece of interesting little note uh, for all you film nerds out there, if, if you listen to the or watch the documentary on the Shout Factory Blu-ray, the producer talked about how like on this on this obviously these this set was grueling. This these night shoots were pretty grueling with the rain and everything. But he's like it was pretty crazy because it was like one of the bigger ones he had to work on, and and they would have to burn like a minute of film just turning everything on because you basically, you know, you yell, you know, lights, camera, rolling, sound, and they like rain, you know, roll rain, roll thunder, roll lightning, roll wind, you know, roll, you know, and so basically he was like, he's like, we, we, you burn, we had to burn about a a minute of just calling things out and uh, of film. And that may not sound like much, but when you're on a low budget, a minute of film is a valuable thing. That's yeah. that's nothing yeah. to scoff at to to burn that. So, yeah, like I said, it's just that's like more for the nerd the film nerds out there. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but the set's cool. I like it. It's all rainy and everything and it starts out with, you know, Fender and his team kind of moving into the main set area, right? Like, you know, moving into it and uh, an arrow gets launched out of the sky and lands right by Fender's feet, and it's Jean Claude Van Damme standing up there. This big. And my question to you is, well, why didn't he just shoot Fender right there? Why yeah. didn't he just fucking kill Fender? What yeah, the fuck? Is this when he puts the sword in his mouth or the knife in his mouth? Yes. Yeah. 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 And, he and puts the knife in his mouth. Yes. And it, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay, how about this? How about this? All right, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Hero's journey. Uh, Gibson has to fight Fender. Okay, why didn't he shoot one of the goons with that arrow? Just take one of them out, It right? makes no sense at all. And why is putting a knife in your mouth intimidating? You know, Arr! And again, it's like, I, I just makes no sense whatsoever. It's it's yeah, so, and it's I so and weak. I gotta call out uh, I gotta call out that I didn't like how he uses his tongue when he does it. If you watch it, he kind of touches the knife with his tongue and oh. then pulls it in. Ew. I was like, that's gross and sexual. Ew. I don't like it. Oh, JCVD. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so now we start kind of getting a you know a, a bit of a fight going on. JCVD JCVD kills a few goons. Uh, so does Natty. Uh, uh, Natty kind of takes Pearl. You know, kind of sort of rescues her, even though you. You know she doesn't really need rescuing clearly she wanted to go with fender at this point um and then uh yeah. natty has to fight two of the pirates uh jcvd basically fights fender's second in command the guy who was to fender's uh left screen right but on his left in the window peering in you know in the flashback yeah. scene he fights that guy but it's that's very unceremonious the way like uh, that one dude you know he just kills the guy it's not that great well i was gonna Cause I, he, the guy kind of blows up right the guy yeah the guy blows up and 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 they're, they're, everything's happened so fast at this point they they spent you know this hour in 15 minutes going so slow with the pacing and then suddenly 
this last finale, they just do it super quick. And like there, there was kind of an interesting looking pirate who lo- I wrote down. He looked like Casey Jones. Cause he had like a hockey mask on. Yes. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I pointed to the screen to kind of back you up on that. No yeah. one else can see us do that. Okay. And, and Zach paused. I agree with you. He was probably, he had the most potential. He was, he was the Boba Fett. He had yeah. a mask on the entire time. He had some cool ass armor. Although I will say he wasn't as cool as I think they wanted him no. as I, as I think the costume designer probably envisioned him, but still I give them props. I liked that guy because I wanted to know his backstory. Like yeah. Fender's just cool with this dude wearing a mask in your gang all the time. Like did his face get messed up or something? Like there's something there there. Like me. And again, that must have, that's the shit that I latched onto as a kid. Like yeah. why is that guy look fucking cool with his mask on? Although he doesn't do shit well, during the entire fucking movie. Yeah. There, there was him. And then the last muscle and fitness girl, uh, that, uh, that, that I actually thought was, you know, attractive. I'm like, Oh, she's, she's, I want to know her story. I want to know, you know, why she's so, uh, prominent in this, in this movie. I think she was the one that was naked in that shot. Uh, basically she's really? the one that they pass around. I think, I mean, Ooh. I don't know for sure. Ooh. She, cause the girl that was naked in that shot on the boat, um, was not the overly muscular one, not, well, uh, the one that Natty fights in the water and cuts off her hand. It wasn't her and it wasn't the, the, the daughter, you know, the youngest girl, because that was also Fender's sort of Fender's girlfriend. Okay. So I think the only thing I could track was that that lady was that lady. Okay. The, yeah. The that one makes... you're talking about that, the one Natty fights in, in here. That makes sense. And then, and then there's another dude who, who's, yeah, I think it's the second in command guy that battles Van Damme. He's like, I kill slingers. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and then he gets burned and then he gets blown up. Yeah. I don't know why he blows up in the rain. But he blows up in the rain. <laughs> he blows up. But I wrote, duh. Like, of course you do. Like, why did, did that was such a stupid line to utter. Yeah. You know? and they're, sure. But like, I will actually say it's not a stupid line. I think it's actually, I think that's a fucking cool line. I kill fucking slingers, man. That's pretty fucking cool. Okay. The fact is, though, that he's not cool. No. That's the problem, is that he didn't do anything cool. And I just would have loved to have seen more pomp and circumstance with these villains that, yeah. that Jean-Claude Van Damme fights. I want to, I wish... You know, because, like, I, I wish during the course of the movie he maybe, like, took them out more one at a time. Almost like a video game. These these guys should have been bosses, right? They should have just been boss fights yeah. along the way. And the only one we kind of got was uh, Brick Barlow in the water. <laughs> that was the only one we kind of got, like, a, a you got the idea that he was taking out— l- he was taking out somebody that wasn't just a bullshit goon. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know, uh, Bruce Lee— did it way better in game of death. Jackie Chan did it way better in this movie called city hunter where like you have to battle in these different set pieces, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the lesser known baddies until you get to the main guy at the end. Yeah. And it just, it was done so haphazardly without this idea. I just felt like they didn't understand that, that, um, the, that kind of mystical lore behind these Kung, old school kung fu kind of movies you know it's like you build up to the bigger guy but the other yeah. guys have to have some sort of gimmick you know give him it like make that casey jones guy put the fucking mask on brick bardo you know and like and but but also give brick bardo a fight with jcvd you know yeah. not just he's hiding with his split legs and stabs him in the head like give them something more like just a little bit more Obviously they didn't and, and, and leading up to 
you know, Fender guitar with his with his shirt off. It's like, what the fuck was that all about? It served no purpose. What you're about it to get was, to. <laughs> it was not very exciting. It was no. the problem. No. <clears throat> None of the action was, was very exciting. And then your payoff is Gibson versus Fender, but that really boils down to Fender just sticking his chest out <laughs> and holding his arms to the side and like sticking his lower jaw. And and like I said, he he fights like a He-Man figure, where all you do is twist his his waist, and he throws haymakers, and that's all he does. And granted, he absorbs some hits. You know, obviously they do a good job of of you know making him sort of beat down. Um, you know, JCVD. He does a good job of of beating JCVD up and and yeah. really sort of dominating him. And you know, Natty during this whole. Thing, uh, uh, Natty kind of gets in the way and gets stabbed by Fender, yeah. and so of course she's gonna. Oh yeah, she's go dead. Dying up. She's dead yeah, at this she's point. She's gonna go die in a puddle. <laughs> so you know, it's like yeah, that's okay. Then that was kind of pointless. Like, she didn't do anything to sort of like she should have like I don't know maybe saved somebody jumping in the way of the blade or something, but it wasn't that spectacular. And I was then gonna you s- get JC. Mm. I was gonna say too that uh, the girl Haley up until this point, this is finally when. Hey, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's all, it's, everyone knows now that Haley was the little girl that held the barbed wire. And, 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 and at that point I'm like now watching it in the, with this in the 2019, I realizing, okay, I, I'm assu- I'm just going to assume she was brainwashed, but she's seen so much mutilation and destruction from, from her quote unquote boyfriend. Cause he tries to kiss her at one point. Yeah. Uh, and it's in, and, and I'm like, she's. It's pretty deplorable too. Then if she, I, I, I get, I get it. She has to go along with, otherwise she's dead, but she's probably twisted and sick in some way deep down because she's witnessed so much disgusting debauchery, uh, at this point. So I, I think after they kill Natty and like, and you know, Haley's like, no, she lets out the scream or whatever. And I know you're, you're still describing Fender, that's when he was like, ha, you know? <laughs> that's a perfect example, by the way, looking like, you know, the, the He-Man, he looked like Stratos. So for those of you that don't know the old school He-Man wrestling, uh, action figures, Stratos had this weird, or no, Zodak. Zodak had this weird chest hair on his body, but it was like flesh colored cause they didn't paint it or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, he looks like, he looks like Zodak with this like weird body with the weird <laughs> chest hair. And, and he's like totally flexed out. I do that shit in the mirror after I work out to like m- make my muscles look bigger, but you know, cause he's looking, trying to make his frame look as big as possible. But meanwhile, he's not that big. Yeah, he's he's actually he's he's much more of like a, a swimmer's build. He's, yeah, he's more streamlined, <laughs> and I mean he's 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 in great physical yeah, shape. Yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. And, totally. And, and him just alone looks imposing. Yes. But he, for some reason, John Claude Van Damme was would stand there in the rain. He kind of looks normal. He looks cool. Like he's standing there. He's all big and kind of beefy, and he's looking cool. But then Fender's all doing the. <laughs> Like this weird exaggerated motion, and like he's, and you almost feel like the actor's trying to give, give make himself bigger because he's he wants to you know be comparable to to JCVD, but he just doesn't have the mass. And I just think he could have done it differently, but at the same time, 
it's what I remember and it's a part of the nostalgia at this point. So, you know, a, a part of me, I mean, I feel like there's no saving this movie. So I'm just going to be like, I'm glad that it's there because at least it gives you something interesting to look at. Because if he wasn't doing that, what, what would we have really said about Fender, right? What, like, like yeah. if he wasn't this weird and, and this kind of silly, what would we have really fucking said about him? He has blue contacts and that's it. Yeah, like the, the blue contacts I, and, and that, and that gimmick kind of wears out at the end of the movie you're like okay yeah he's got blue contacts big fucking deal you know like well well again is that because of the post-apocalypticness um it it goes back to everything we've been saying which is we want more there's there's these little sprinkles of something interesting there it's it's there they started (laughs) with it but then they just fucking left the sprinkles on the ground and there's like okay they'll get the idea i'm like no that's a fucking sprinkle man just give me something (laughs) give me a little bit something more um so it just don't. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna finish up the fight, but if you got something interesting to well, say, then well, no, go I, for it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I, this is giving it way too much, too much credit than it's due. But, but maybe he, uh, maybe Fender thought they were doing a uh, frozen shot on him, you know. Uh, and so yeah. he's trying to find the camera, trying not to move to keep that shot. Arr, but he didn't realize they're actually shooting him, and they didn't tell him that. Yeah, so so to that point, do you remember in Monster Squad where they pull Frankenstein's car? So no, I think who's someone's casket out of the water, right? They pull yeah. somebody's casket out of the water, and the camera pulls back. Okay, it's Fred. Yeah, it is yeah. Frankenstein. They pull him out of the water. Dracula stands over him, opens the casket, and they pull the camera back, yeah. like in the air. And while it's happening, all the other creatures are making movements and, like, moving around. But then Dracula and Frankenstein are doing, like, we think that, like, as actors, like, we've only been told to go this far. We don't know what else to do, (laughs) so we're just going to stand here and not move while the camera pulls back. And it almost, like like you're saying, it's almost like that. Like, like Fender's like, like, okay, does this look good? Great. It looks good in a still shot, but you need to stay that way for, for at least 30 seconds to 45 seconds while we film you so yeah. it's like he's like like this guys is this look cool am i supposed to be doing this <laughs> yeah, and you totally. know Pune's like yeah 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 totally you're cool man you're cool yeah he's like, are you sure because i feel like i might look stupid i don't know you know <laughs> I totally dude no that's perfect perfect meta- uh, analogy so let's just let's just finish this last like two, few minutes of the movie okay. uh jcvd stabs fender in the chest and like freaking like rips him from 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 what is it a uh, uh, appetite to asshole basically like his entire front end and yeah. uh and i don't know how he even survived that but he does he he get you know he gets up and him and jcvd get you know knocked into like a a, a barn or something yeah and they fight in the barn and then jcvd eventually puts him on a hook a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I like the shot where Fender's, you know, ho- hooked there and his feet are sticking straight out. I yeah. really, that was effective. I dug that. And you go, you know, uh, Gibson goes back out into the rain. He finds Natty's dead. Um, Haley's, you know, sorry for everything. Pearl is still alive. So basically it's a happy ending for everybody except for Natty. And, yeah. Well, no, one re- no one really cares about her anyways. Nope. So we're all good and uh it ends with uh you know a scene of gibson and and haley is her name haley is that her name the yeah, daughter haley. of the girl I, yes it's haley. okay yep okay um so haley and her drop off pearl 
uh, at the scientists. So you know, mission accomplished. And as JCVD is walking away, Pearl says, you know, I have a feeling that he's the real cure for this world. (laughs) And... If I was drinking anything, I would have spit it out. I almost <laughs> walked out of my goddamn apartment. I did not remember that piece of dialogue, and I was like, "What the fuck is that bullshit right there? That's some that's some Jean-Claude Van Damme fucking bullshit right there." Yeah. No, he's not the cure for this world because he's probably going to die in about a year from something, probably some sort of venereal disease. <laughs> but the, the cure for the plague is actually the fucking cure for the world. Yes, exactly. I know. I know cuz cuz it's a legit plague. It's not like it's the plague. It's yeah. the bubonic plague. Yeah. It's not something you can just beat up. John Gibson is not the fucking cure for the world. It's no. the fucking cure. Is no. the cure. Yeah, and 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 you know, Fender's death I think is super anticlimactic because it's just it's over in a heartbeat. And um and then this feels like tacked on, like they tacked on this ending just to make it like you said. To, 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 to stroke JCVD's ego where she's like, you know, stay with us. And Pearl says, stay with us. And he's like, no, I have to go. I have to do my thing, you know, and I, I have to go the bing, bing and the ding, ding. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and, and, you know, and, and going back to Fender when, when he dies the first time and then he has the cliched, I'm back, ha ha ha, you know, that kind of bullshit, which I just think, I think it's it was done the best in the movie Runaway with Tom Selleck when Gene Simmons dies at the end and then he like sits up one more time to like reach out at the audience for like like the gotcha but then he falls back and he's dead again. It's great. I love that. <laughs> is is Runaway the movie with the bullets that can chase you? Yes. Yes. That movie yes. is so bad. I remember that. Michael Crichton directed it, I think. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and Tom Selleck, Gene Simmons, Kirstie Alley, and I forget the girl that plays Tom Selleck's partner in that, but she's so cute. And she was in stay, the movie Staying Alive, the John Travolta movie. Su- super I've, cute. I've seen Runaway once, but I can remember that cover. Like, I could draw that cover from memory. That movie was badass. just, it seemed to be everywhere. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I saw it. I, I've seen that movie uh, more than a dozen times. It's such a, it's a, that's a kick ass futuristic film which we will save for a later date that's cool okay neat i would i would love to uh watch that with you so all right buddy i mean we we kind of put (sighs) everything on the table right there but uh do you have any final thoughts to to all the shit that that we like how how do you feel man how does it how does it hold up to your childhood essentially I, i will say i'm glad i watched it uh because i in in all honesty because i felt like it it was a great check in to see if something held up from my childhood the way I remembered it. And it did not in spades like this. I would consider this one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, like, and I, and Wait, I, does, does this beat hardware or are we talking? Is, oh yeah. Is, is yeah. like mean meaning worse. Is this worse than hardware? Oh yeah. Cause, cause at the end of hardware, I, I was like, uh, the, 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 la- the shortcomings, uh, the positives made up for the negatives that in, in hardware. Like there was enough things in hardware that I could sit back and go, yeah, I'd watch that again. Um, th- this, I, I, part of me was like, oh, you can't return Blu-rays once you open them. Shit. 
Like, I don't think the Amazon's <laughs> going to let me return this now. And, our, and, and, then I, and then I did say, well, but the documentary on here is cool. So there's a couple documentaries on there. And if I did have a bunch of people over and we wanted to watch super something super cheesy, I would put this in. It is a good party film for that because you can perf- just it's laugh. It's a perfect, perfect. party yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. But I, but being a John, a John, a John Claude, uh, being a John JCVD fanatic, as much as I am, I still have my old martial art magazines with him on the cover. I, I'm like thoroughly disappointed in this one where I just thought, man, like, come on, give me something a little, give me a double impact. Give me uh maximum risk. Like in his later <laughs> movies, give me that, like, give me something to yeah. hold on to kickboxer. I don't, I'm not even, a, I'm not really a huge fan of kickboxer uh, as, as much as I am like blood sport. Give me a lion heart, even like this, or a just, hard target. Heart, well, yeah, I well, I would put hard target above a lot of those other movies because I think hard target has a great supporting cast. Again, yeah, like, that's I, that I will say every time every Jean Claude Van Damme movie that has a solid supporting cast gets a solid B for me. Uh, yeah, every movie that he does that doesn't have a su- good supporting cast gets a C minus or less because it's just like the whole film rests on his shoulders. And I, I guess his ego was at play with this where it was just like, it was too much. Uh, there was, there was too, it, it just, there wasn't enough execution and Albert Pune. I like his movies. I thought I liked his movies. Uh, we'll go back and we'll start <laughs> revisiting some cause, cause we'll have a little pune off and uh, with nemesis and <laughs> doll man. And, uh, and uh, you know, I love it. You know, like I, I, and, 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 and again, like if you haven't, and I'll, I'll say it for the fourth or fifth time, if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon and you want to hear a great interview with Tom Matthews, where he talks in detail about Albert pune uh, and his, his history, it's definitely worth it. You should sign up. Because I learned some things that I won't besmirch the guy's name because of some of the things that Tom shared. I will say, though, that, uh, you know, he 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 didn't hit any home runs with this. I actually like his Captain America movie uh, on a B level. You know, this this is like hoofa doofa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is way out there. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah. So, anyways, that's I, my I, two I, cents. Yeah, no, dude, all valid. Um, I so my weird takeaway is that this movie is exactly like I remember, <laughs> but I'm sitting here wanting to like basically smack 13 year old Corey across the head and be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, dude?" Like, it's it. Everything happens the way I remember it to be, and maybe I thought there was a little bit more nudity in it, but it sucks. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, thirteen year old Corey, like in your damn like beer goggles of of you know letting their. I just gave this movie way too many passes basically when I was younger. I think and. I, it's. I mean, Me there's a lot that I still like of the concepts in this film. There's a lot that I like. The, there's, but there's just no meat on the bone. There's, there's nothing to kind of 
grab onto to to go down any like new route routes or anything but the, the ideas that are there I, i'm like that's cool you know and 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 but nothing gets quite executed as well as you want it to be and that includes the action that includes the special effects like the the running theme is is that everything is just barely there and you know but a lot of the the things that work they work specifically for me because I like the post-apocalyptic genre. So, you know, I, I give that aspect a pass. I like JCVD. So I was like, cool. So I don't know, man. Like, ah, damn. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think that's why thing. I, I think that's why I like it even less because I like all those elements and it's done so poorly. And that's what made me like it even less. If this was a movie that I was super unfamiliar with or was not a fan of this genre or just was kind of like, meh, I would just give it a, a light pass and be like, meh, I didn't like it. That's it. But I think I, I dislike this movie so much because I like all those elements. You know, yeah, and I we want... were we were fighting for it. I feel like yeah. we were both fighting for for our love, you know, of this. Maybe probably more than more so me going into it, but I think we were both trying to find the goodness in this film. Yeah. Uh, but it just, it's just, it's a rough one, man. It's it's a rough one to sell to people now if they've never seen it before. Uh, I'd say there's so many other JCVD movies to to check out um, that I would say you know check them out first. If you say you're a huge fan of Cyborg but haven't seen it in 15 years, well, I'd say you might not be a huge fan of Cyborg. You don't know. Uh, the the Blu-ray is great. The you know the Shout Factory Blu-ray is yeah, great. It is. The documentary is fantastic. I loved learning about all this stuff about the He-Man backstory, uh, the yeah, Spider-Man cool. backstory, and I'm sure you know a lot of people already knew that stuff. But you know it was cool to kind of to hear about it, and I liked the backstory to the movie and. And, you know, I, I give it props for where it kind of sits in, in JCVD's, you know, canon of films and, you know, what it did. And although it did kind of kill canon films, this <laughs> coupled with, I think, uh, Life Force uh, yeah. took took down canon. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's 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 just like it just man, it, it just did. It sucked, man. Yeah, it just it sucked. sucked. And, it kind of sucked, you guys. Know, I, I this keep, movie kind of sucked. I keep thinking about it, too, where I, I really I, I, I'm curious if there are any listeners out there that actually like this movie, legit like it, like really tell me, tell me what is it about this movie that makes it good in your opinion? Because yeah, well, I, what are we missing? I, yeah. Cause I consider you and I, uh, we have, we have, we're, we're very, um, open to different genres of movies, different levels of, of, uh, quality. And this movie I really would love to see someone say, no, Cyborg's badass, man. Like, yeah. okay, because everything we did, we dissected this movie uh, like way more than I think anyone else probably ever has and found every nugget of goodness in it and, 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 and also champion that said, this was good. That was a good part. This is a good thing. This is, you know, but at the end of the day, all those little nuggets. It's like when you go uh, fucking panning for gold now in 2019 in the uh, Colorado River, wherever you can go panning for gold, uh, Northern California. And, <laughs> and, and you go panning for gold now 
and and you know you go eureka i found it and you hold up a little gold flake and it is the size of a pinhead not even and you're like yay i found gold and you're like that's not worth fucking anything in fact it's not worth not worth the effort that you put in (laughs) to trying to get that fucking gold out those those were that's how big those glimmers of hope were in this movie they were the size of a pinhead in a sea of sand yeah and i (laughs) i wanted to champion this film man i i wanted to champion it um you know i i don't know man probably about halfway through the movie probably before that i was watching it and i was like uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me too. Oh, no. <laughs> me too. I, and like, this is not. This is nothing against you at all. I was just like, oh, shit. Like this is. <laughs> I, I was, damn man. I really was hoping for just a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean, at least with hardware, I still love hardware. And you know, and you never claim to love hardware, but with this one. Yeah, I I was the one that championed this one, and as we know, the, the, po- the way the podcast works is when we the person who picks the movie, the showrunner of the episode, uh, you know, we we're doing it because we freaking love this movie as a yeah, kid, and we yeah. want to revisit it and analyze it. But you know what? Honestly, I'm glad we had this experience, and I'm glad we had yeah, this conversation too. about it because yeah, it, it's as a point of pride our podcast so far has been us pretty much liking almost everything you know i think yeah. hardware was probably the most uh, overtly uh d- division to, yeah controversial uh of the podcast and it's honestly i am like okay cool cool and just as a as as an artist i'm like with you and i'm like okay cool 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 now we can both say yeah there's we don't like everything and yeah. that's that's great and it and maybe it'll validate our opinions a little bit more but we i went into this movie expecting to love it honestly i thought i was going to walk away loving it i am shocked that i hated it and i you know what i'll i'll i'm sure i'll watch it again in my life you know and you know what? Best case scenario, it'll be I'll watch it and it'll be in the background while I'm drunk and high doing something <laughs> much more fun than actually watching this movie. And, you know, it'll it'll be a conversational piece for somebody, uh, hopefully. Well, uh, yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't ever want to sit down and actually watch it again. No, no, I, I won't put anybody through that pain unless they're like, show me one of no. the worst movies, in your opinion, that you've ever yeah. seen. Um, one of the worst, like movies with with a with a big name actor in it yeah 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 guys this was um no bueno (laughs) so but hey you know what is a bueno zach my man where can we find you in the twitter spheres and the potospheres and the insta spheres well you can find me on uh, instagram at zach schaefer Z-A-K-S-H-A-F-F-E-R. And you can find me on Twitter at Zach Schaefer VO. You can also find me on the other podcast I co-host called $2 Late Fee, T-W-O, $2LateFee.com is where you can check out our website. We're also on Instagram and Facebook and all that good shit. And uh, it's you know, another retro cast. It's a great podcast. Oh, you guys just released uh, an interview with John Philbin, which I thought was just fantastic and totally candid and just a lot of fun to listen to. So, I mean, you know, 
you're you're my friend obviously i'm gonna listen to you know what you do but if i didn't know you i still would be into that podcast and that's no bullshit well thanks so good good you guys should definitely go check it out two dollar life fee is fucking awesome and dustin's a cool dude too i I don't think i've ever met him in person but uh he seems like a nice guy yeah i i you know just to Thank you, first of all, for saying all those glorious things. And I, I will say that, uh, yeah, our, our podcast is another retro uh, retrospective on the 80s and early 90s. Uh, it's, a, it's obviously it's a different take than what we do on podcasting after dark. But if you're a fan of movies, uh, music from the 80s and interviews with celebrities from the 80s, uh, actors, performers, you should check us out. I was talking to Zach offline. I, I said, you know, it, it's fun because even though we're not on the same network or anything, but it's almost like we're the, the same coin, just different sides. Like yeah. $2 Life is kind of the more, uh, you know, the more upbeat, positive movies. And then Podcast <laughs> After Dark is, you know, the scary, weird shit, right, that, that we liked growing up. So it's almost like, uh, you know, if you like one, you're going to like the other. It's just, yeah, t- check it out. Definitely check out $2 Life Fee. Thanks. Where, where, where can we check you out? Check it, check it, check it. Um, yeah, man. I don't know what I just did there. So uh, <laughs> you can find me every week on uh, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast with our buddy Adam from the Blast From Our Past podcast. And you can find me every week talking about comic books with my buddy Tess on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And uh, you can also hear Zach and I do pretty much, uh, uh, we have a whole nother show on Patreon. We have Wrap Up After Dark is a monthly freeform show where we, Zach and I kind of just, just talk about the movies, just shit that happened uh, that month, uh, yeah. you know, on Podcast After Dark and everything. It's it's actually a lot of fun because we're not uh, constrained by the, you know, the, the movie that we're watching and we can talk about more current stuff like we talked about The Lighthouse on the last episode. Yeah. So we have a whole nother show on Patreon and we have a whole second show on Patreon or a third show technically where we interview celebrities and we interviewed tom matthews and we interviewed stephen jeffries from fright night so check that out we also have some pretty cool interviews coming up pretty soon by the time you listen to this we actually you know what Uh, the tony Tapone interview should be dropping soon so let's just plug it now um it's either it's either going to drop soon when you listen to this or it's already out but we interviewed uh, or more specifically zach interviewed tony tapone the editor for fangoria magazine from like the 80s 90s and early 2000s this dude is an insane wealth of knowledge yeah he's if if you don't know who he is you should uh look him up online and he and if you do know who he is you know how awesome this interview is going to be because the guy loves to talk horror he knows everything there is to know about horror from beginning to now. Uh, and, and he's, he is, I will say I've interviewed, I've interviewed a lot of people recently. He was so much fun to trip down memory lane with because he's got such great knowledge uh, and, and, and just like fun kind of tidbits about people, really fun uh, side stories personal stories that happened to him being a part of Fangoria. And if, and just to put it into context, uh, he was the editor of Fangoria during its absolute heyday height. We're talking early eighties to the early two thousands. And think about it. That was the glory years that you and I, Corey talk about 
the best time for horror was the 80s and 90s and late 70s. And he was there for almost all of that and pioneered shit that he was the pioneer for this genre. And magazines are dead. We know that. They, they're pretty much totally dead. Um, however, Fangoria is back in some ways, and he talks a little bit about that. But what he, he what he's so current with what's going on. Um, so if you haven't subscribed yet, and you're a fan of our podcast, which you are, you should subscribe just for this interview because it's worth it. He tell he says shit that you won't hear anywhere else, and if you do, you're gonna hear it from me interviewing him, and that makes it even more entertaining. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the icing on the cake, he loves hardware. So. Oh my God, he <laughs> loves hardware. Loves hardware. I told Corey, I'm like, wait till you hear this interview, dude, because you're going to be so happy that just for the simple fact that he's a fan of hardware, uh, I, I, I glowies over that pretty quickly. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I, yeah. You'll, you'll just, you'll have to listen to the interview because he gives his thoughts on a lot of the movies that we've covered on our podcast, his specific thoughts. And so it's like, um, you know, going on, I can't describe it back in the day. I would say it would be like listening to, you know, uh, the, the fur, the foremost expert on a particular thing, getting his take on it. And you will. You'll be getting his take on our movies, like little glimpses here and there. It's fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And we we really appreciate all the love you guys give us. If you know, if if you can't subscribe to Patreon, it's all good. If you could, you know, if if you want to show your love in another way, you can leave us a five star review on on Apple Podcasts. That's still like the best way for people to find us. You can share us with your friends. You know, just yeah. tell people about us and and follow us on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And just chat with us online. Follow us on reddit and everything and uh you know just spread the love that that all of that helps and we appreciate all of all the fans you guys are so freaking cool every every day i love interacting with you guys and it's just it's a lot of fun and we hope that you guys have as much fun listening to us as we do making this podcast so we we hope to keep doing it for a long long time and uh (laughs) we will see you guys we will catch you on the flip side Late. <laughs> Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. <laughs>